I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The New York City Grand Jury has voted to indict former President Donald Trump. The unprecedented act is a result of an investigation into hush money payments made on behalf of Mr. Trump to adult film actress Stormy Daniels during his 2016 campaign. I just hung up with the former president. He tells me that he just learned of the news, said it's an attack on our country, said it's political persecution. He went on to say they are trying to impact an election. I asked the former president, does he plan to turn himself in? He said, you take care, and then he hung up on me. This will backfire because we're going to win this case. We will humiliate them, and they will, they will, they will, they will pay the price for bending the rule of law. Justice will prevail in this case. This one's in the air to right field. That should end it. Marte coming toward the line, and the ball game is over. Chalk up another opening day win for the Mets. Three scoreless innings out of the bullpen behind six innings for Max Scherzer. For Brandon Nemo with three RBIs. And the Mets since 1970 are now 41 and 13 on opening day. Strike three, there it is. A perfect opening day as the Yankees win 5 nothing. Aaron Judge with a home run. DJ LeMayu with an RBI single. The Major League debut of Anthony Volpe. Flavor Torres a two on home run and brilliant pitching by Garrett Cole. Six shutout innings. All in all, a really good opening day here in the Bronx. was shocked yesterday afternoon to be a huge understatement because we had heard don't forget early yesterday that the grand jury was uh, not going to meet for a couple of weeks one of our guests even joked around yesterday forget who it was expect them to reconvene maybe thanksgiving that may have been the judge of bill o'reilly i forget 
And I'm going about my business for the day, working out at New York Sports Club and checking out the Mets and the Yankees, that glorious opening day wins for both local teams. Aaron Judge, long home run, is first at bat of the season. Brandon Nimmo, three RBI. Max Scherzer gets the win. Then I get depressed. I find out that Justin Verlander is going to be out for some time, the injury. I'm going by my, my, my daily stuff, you know. And I get a text from a buddy who says President Trump just got indicted. And I'm like, he did? You know, I thought it may happen eventually. You remember that uh, Monday morning, two days after Donald Trump posted on his social media, Truth Social, he was going to get arrested, I'm getting arrested. And I came in two days later. He said it was going to happen on that Tuesday, three days after his initial post. And I came in that Monday morning, and I told Noam, I said, Noam, he's not getting arrested tomorrow. That didn't stop Noam and everybody else from running with it because that's their job. But I told him flat out, without any hesitation, any doubt, he's not getting arrested tomorrow. And, of course, I was right. But I did say that doesn't mean eventually he's not going to get arrested. But as the days continue to pass, or indicted, I should say, and as more and more grand juries were getting postponed, it was starting to look like Alvin Bragg has no case, and maybe this thing is going to go away. And then I got that text yesterday afternoon, and I was like, wow. As my um, my friend Michael Stipe and the group REM once said, it's the end of the world, and we know it. This is not something to be taken lightly, folks. Look, we have a lot of fun on this show. And, yes, I'm going to mention ratings right off the bat because I'm wearing a T-shirt today that one of our great listeners, Patty, and her uh, sweet husband dropped off weeks and weeks ago when she made a studio visit. And the T-shirt reads, Make America Number One Again. Not great again. That's Donald Trump's line. Make America Number One Again. And then on the back of the shirt, it's got the logo for Sid and Friends. And it's a playoff of the fact that we are number one. And we are. And we're number one because we don't, don't, get caught up in all this stuff all the time. We cover every major story with the smartest and best guests in the business. I don't care. Sean Hannity, he's got a great TV show. Watched it last night. Tucker Carlson, my friend John Katsimatidis. We get all the big guys, all of them. In fact, we've got Lyra Trump today and Joe Tacopina and Alan Dershowitz and a host of others. Judge Jeanine Pirro, we have the best guest list in the country on this show today. Right there with Sean Hannity last night, including a member of the Trump family, Lara. But we don't, uh, on a day-in, day-out basis, get caught up in this stuff. I'm not yelling and screaming all day long about this stuff. That's why our ratings have gotten a lot better, and that's why we're number one. But on a day like this... You have to do it because this is not a small thing. I've got uh, friends and family, some of which are celebrating today. My mother, of course, lives in White Lake Homes. You know, Naomi, she's sick to her stomach. She'll join us on Monday. She lives in White Lake Homes up in Kanyanga slash White Lake, New York. 
where I've basically spent my whole life the last 40-plus years. My mom and dad bought a house there many years ago. And it's a summer home, but they're, they're winterized. They're not bungalows. They're homes. So folks spend time up there all year long. And a lot of these folks up there have become so close. For a while, I considered them family. But as I'm getting older, I'm finding out that they're hopeless Democrats, like my sister, and morons. There was one uh, lady who's a friend of mine for 40 years. Love her. Great. Good. Pretty great. All that. Her name is Beth. I'm not going to give out her last name. But on Facebook last night, she writes, and I quote, he got what he deserved. Well, you couldn't be a dumber bastard. You couldn't be dumber. I don't care if you hate Trump's guts. I don't care if you despise Donald Trump. You're allowed. We live in a democracy, although less and less with Democrats in charge. I'm not here to tell you you have to like Trump. I don't do stuff like that. Other folks on this station have. I'm not going to do it. You can like whoever you want. Don't care. But if you can't, if you don't realize this morning how dangerous and despicable this indictment is, not only are you suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, but you're a crappy American. You have no respect for the Bill of Rights and or the Constitution. None. Zero. I'm not Mark Levin. I don't get bogged down in this stuff. But, man, what happened yesterday is absolutely scary. You've got a fat loser, this Manhattan DA, this lowlife, a racist, amongst other things, who decided the day he replaced Cyrus Vance, he was going to get Trump. That's it. You've got crime all over this city. People are terrified to take the subways. People are terrified to come to the city to go to work, despite what Mayor Eric Adams tries to sell you. Or my friend Corey Zelnick, people are scared to death to come here. And this fat, stupid bastard is worried about Donald Trump. You can go all the way back to two years ago when he replaced Cyrus Vance as a Manhattan DA. He was on that crappy Hot 97 morning show with Peter Rosenberg. Who's on with Michael K. every afternoon? Don't even get me started there. Please don't. Not a bad guy. We've been friends over the years. But another guy that is probably celebrating today who should be ashamed of himself. And some other guy named Ebro Darden, whoever that is. Two years ago, Alvin Bragg, on Hot 97's crappy morning show, said flat out, flat out, I'm going after Trump. That's it. Play this. This is cut number 11. You hear this and you realize this guy yesterday finally realized the dream of his personal vendetta. Cut number 11. That is uh, the number one issue we know he's investigating. And what I'll say is I'm the only, I was the first to announce against Cy Vance. I, too, have a lot of issues, which is why I decided to run. I'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with, with Donald Trump. I was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office. We sued the Trump administration over 100 times uh, for the Muslim travel ban, for family separation at the border, for shenanigans with the census. Uh, So I know how to to litigate uh, with him. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, it'd be hard to argue with the fact that that'd be the most important, uh, most high-profile case. Uh, And I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's, you believe it should happen? I, you know, 
I, be, I believe we have to hold them accountable. Uh, I haven't seen all the facts beyond the public, but I've litigated with him, and so I'm, I'm prepared to go where the facts take me once I see them uh, and hold them accountable. There are no facts. There is no case. There has not been a crime. I saw my dear friend Joseph Takapina, friend of mine for 43 years, one of President Trump's attorneys, but now his go-to guy for his criminal stuff. Takapina was on with Sean Hannity last night, and he can't wait to go after Michael Cohen because don't forget, folks, not only does Alvin Bragg not have a case here, he's got nothing, but his star witness is a felonious attorney who spent time in prison. I mean, this is his star witness, Michael Cohen, a scumbag with a capital S. So here's my friend Joe Tacopino, who will join me live coming up at 8.05 this morning with Sean Hannity, courtesy of Fox last night, talking about Michael Cohen. This is cut number six. They're embracing Michael Cohen as their witness in this case, their star witness. This is really one of the most disgraceful human beings in our history. Everything they've done here is to gain attention. It's not for the right motives. There is no one that could ever convince me that this man was not just charged to affect the elections, the effect of free election in this country. And that's scary to me. So Donald Trump put out a statement yesterday after the indictment. It's long, but I'll read it. This is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great movement again. Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax, Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, the illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid, and now this. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far leading the Republican candidate for president has never happened before, ever. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who was handpicked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party united and strong, will first defeat Alvin Bragg, and then will defeat Joe Biden. And we're going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. That's from our President Donald Trump yesterday after the indictment. I tell you what, he may have to really stop beating up on Ron DeSantis because as soon as Trump got indicted yesterday, you know how this works. The governor of the state at that point must um, 
I guess uh, the word you're looking for here is he must uh, extradite uh, President Trump. What I was going to say is he must, um, you know, do, do fully uh, extradite Donald Trump. And DeSantis said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. I am not going to participate in this. I am not going to extradite Donald Trump. I am not going to send marshals to Donald Trump's house to make sure he goes to New York. So we could have a standoff. That's possible. If Ron DeSantis refuses to participate in this extradition and Donald Trump refuses to go on his own, we could have Donald Trump hold up at Mar-a-Lago like uh, Scarface, you know. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Because if the governor of the state doesn't do it, that's that's the problem here. Because this is not a federal crime. Right? Alvin Bragg is the local DA. So if the governor of Florida does not participate, then Trump doesn't have to do anything. I mean, he has to legally, yes. But he may not. Who knows? So there's a whole bunch of stuff to, to keep your eye on the next couple of days. I know his attorneys are saying... Well, you're set to be arraigned probably Tuesday, and at that point, he would make the trip to New York City, take the mugshot, do the fingerprints, all that stuff. But we'll see whether or not that really happens. I can tell you this, for my friends and family members who are celebrating in the streets today, oh, what a grand day. We finally got this prick, Donald Trump. Their day's coming. Because what they should realize is, A, A, this is just not right. Put your personal feelings aside, your hatred for Donald Trump aside. It's just not right. Legally, there's no case. And most importantly for you morons, it's going to backfire. If you think Donald Trump has a big lead in the polls now, then one poll yesterday had a 30-point lead on DeSantis. If you think Donald Trump... He's doing well in the polls now. Wait till you see what happens after Joe Tacopina destroys Michael Cohen. Trump wins this case and then has a chance to address the American people. It's going to backfire, as Joe Tacopina said last night in one of his last comments on Sean Hannity's show. Lou Rapino, this is Joe Tacopina, cut number five. This will backfire because we're going to win this case. We will humiliate them. And they will, they will, they will, they will pay the price for bending the rule of law. Justice will prevail in this case. There it is. We will humiliate them. Justice will prevail. And don't forget, Sean does that show now weeknights in front of a live studio audience. And you heard them clap and go crazy when Takapina said it. Oh, they've got this gin. They're all ginned up. This base is charged. This base is charged. And I'm not nearly the psycho that some of you Trump supporters are. But this morning, like Jason Whitlock said last night, I am MAGA with a capital M. So put your seatbelts on, folks. If you like Donald Trump or you care about this country, we got a great show about to come your way with guests just about every segment. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, Gordon Chang, Joseph Takapina, Judge Janine Pirro, Alan Dershowitz and Miranda Devine all stopping by. Going to be an epic Friday morning show on New York's favorite talk show. That's us, sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we 
and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The DA of Manhattan, who you know what I think of him, okay? He's a piece of crap. Seeger on a Friday morning, still the same. And Dolph Hagen, the king of all Jews, referring to fat, stupid Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg as a piece of crap. I still can't believe he said that. He's a piece of crap. Play it again there, uh, Dolph Hagen, talking about Alvin Bragg. The DA of Manhattan, who you know what I think of him, okay? He's a piece of crap. <laughs> well said. The uh, great Dolph Hagen. We uh, we got a huge show coming up today. It's huge. It is very, very big. You know, I really wanted to talk about a variety of topics today. The Mets, the Yankees. One story that um, I have zero interest in is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. In fact, I almost wish that she was guilty of something. I, I don't know. I, and I love her ex-husband. I'm a big Coldplay fan, Chris Martin. I love his music. I mean, he, he kind of—he's annoying too to me. This bottle thing of his. Got together there. Oh God, it's uber annoying. They may be the most annoying couple in the history of the world. If I see a, another T-shirt on him, like free trade. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You well, that's it. the whole bottle thing. He just—he's he, just and a great group. Coldplay is great. He, I find him less annoying than her, although he is very annoying. No, she's annoying. Oh God. She's, <laughs> I don't even think she's that hot. It's I mean, almost she's... appropriate. Somebody ran into her. <laughs> Mike, yeah, yeah. hey, watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. She was hot back in the day when her and Bob. I, I never thought she was hot. That's not my style. You know, I'm not a big uh, blonde chicksa guy. That's not oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so Princess Di right. versus Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, please. That's more of my I'll app. take Paltrow over 
Princess Di. Yeah, well, I don't know, yeah. man. Princess Di was a Birds fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Princess Di was a Bird fan, that show. So, but, so was Jill Biden. Jill Biden, the doctor. Biden. All right, all right, all right. Settle yeah. down. You want to take yeah. that one, too? Now you're taking it to the step too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I watched, like, uh, seven hours of TV yesterday on this whole Trump thing. I didn't go to bed till like, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm literally running on two hours sleep. I'm wearing a pair of jeans and this really cool T-shirt. I did wear a nice sport jacket, which I've since taken off. But um, very little sleep, T-shirt today, the whole thing. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm going through a lot of emotions. And all the TV I watched last night, we played some of the cuts already, Joe Tacopina on Sean Hannity and some other stuff we played. I don't remember. But uh, Jason Whitlock, Jason I've known for many, many years, way back when, when I started my radio career, in the late 1990s, with a guy named Scott Kaplan, who's been on this show. He was on with me and Bernard, God rest Bernie's soul. Oh, I spoke to Carol last night. She got all the gifts that me and Danielle sent to Bernie's grandson, Colin, and we sent a ton, like 10 boxes. She just got back from Disney World. She got the gifts. She sent me the, the loveliest text you've ever seen. I love you. Thank you. So uh, I love you, too, Carol. So... Anyway, Kaplan was on with me and Bernie quite a bit. He's been on with me since Bernie died. And he and I go back to the late 1990s. We started on internet radio, but we were syndicated before he came to New York to work at WNEW in 2000 by two different syndication companies, Sports Fan Radio Network and Joel Hollander in Westwood One on a bunch of markets. At one point, I was on 73 markets across America. And one of those was uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, in that market, the midday show, because we did the morning show, syndicated. The midday show was a writer from Kansas City, a young African-American gentleman covering the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Royals, college basketball, Kemper Arena, and his name was Jason Whitlock. And now Jason Whitlock is larger than life. He's like the black Jesus. Is that, a, is that a, an okay analogy? Jason Whitlock is the black Jesus. Yeah, that works. Yeah, because he's black and he's a conservative and he's a MAGA, and uh, that's it. So, like, Tucker calls him when Jason comes on. Tucker practically gets naked, you know. Um, And and a lot of the times, uh, Jason, and I've known him again for years. In fact, he bought year one, 1998. we, uh, We did some live shows in Kansas City. This is a true story. He bought me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, Max, uh, matching Fendi watches, I'll never forget it, to thank us for putting him on our syndicated radio show. Now I send Jason a text I barely hear back because he is, once again, black Jesus. And a lot of the time he annoys me. But last night he was uh, he was terrific, I have to say. He was great. And he did say that this Trump indictment, like I said this morning, has made him an even more hardcore MAGA this is uh, courtesy, once again, of Sean Hannity and Fox News. Two cuts, Jason Whitlock on the indictment, and now Mr. MAGA. We start here, Lewis, with cut number nine. They are agitating for unrest. Th- that th- That's the only way to interpret this. They are agitating for unrest, and there is a godless element in this country that doesn't care about fairness. They they don't care about the will of the people. They care about power and control. As you have spelled out this week, they think they're God. 
and they don't think they can make up the rules. They can decide what fairness is. They don't have a biblical worldview, and it's sickening for me. I'm upset. I'm I'm emotional. Uh, I'm 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 ready for whatever's next. And I hope every other man out there watching this show, I hope you're ready for whatever's next. If that's what they want, let's 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 get to it. He actually made it about God. He made it about Christians. A lot of folks that came on after him agreed and, and mentioned Jason's appearance. And here's where he really sent it home saying, now, now I'm hardcore. Jason Whitlock, cut number 10. I'm hardcore MAGA tonight. I'm, I'm har- I will be voting. I am hardcore MAGA. I've never voted. I, I did. You know, I observe Trump. I'm somewhat yeah. supportive of Trump. But they have made me MAGA, and they have made me ready for whatever is next because what they are building for young people, I, I can't I can't sit by and just let it happen without raising my voice and without willing being willing to sacrifice whatever so that kids don't live in a communist Marxist society. So Lara Trump is going to join me at 725. She's married to Donald Trump's son, Eric. Donald Trump's other son, the boyfriend of Kimberly Gilfoyle, who I also spoke to last night, Donald Trump Jr., he uh, he was uh, on television yesterday, and he called what happened yesterday basically communism. Donald Trump Jr., Lewis, cut number 13. I was proven even more right than I would have ever imagined because apparently, you know, Soros back Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is actually indicting my father. So let's be clear, folks. This is like communist level. This is stuff that would make Mao, Stalin, uh, Pol Pot. It would make them blush. It's so flagrant. It's so crazed when even like the radical leftists of the Washington Post are out there saying, it's not really based on facts. It's not really based on the law. It's not really based in reality, but it's 100% based on politics. When your enemies are saying that, it's got to tell you everything you need to know right now about where we are as a country. All right, folks, so we've got a bevy of big-name guests about to stop by once again. Frank Morano kicks it off at 640. Curtis Sliwa coming up at uh, 705. Lara Trump, that's the big one. Trump's daughter-in-law coming up at 725. Gordon Chang on the latest between Taiwan, China, and what this indictment means around the world. He'll join us at 740. The big defense attorney, my main man, Joseph Tacopina, live at 805. Judge Janine Pirro coming up at 840. Alan Dershowitz, another amazing attorney. His book is out, Get Trump, and they got him. He's coming up at 905. And the great New York Post columnist, Miranda Devine, coming up at 925. And traffic, all of that, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby, my main man, John Katz-Matidis. Here he talks with America's mayor, the great Rudy Giuliani, about the Trump indictment. I don't think they know what they're doing, John. I mean, this is a, a, a beyond everything else. He's turned the DA's office into a clown show. I mean, it's like that used to be a great DA's office. I worked with it all my life, you know, going back to Hogan and uh, and Morgenthau. And they had great people there. 
But this is this is I mean, this is not a case. This is a totally made up prosecution. And it's beyond the statute of limitations. It happened seven years ago. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. Opening day 2023 did not disappoint here in New York City with both the local teams starting off the year 1-0. and Wasn't all good news for the Mets yesterday, though, with the news coming before first pitch that their second ace in Justin Verlander would be sidelined with a strained upper back muscle. The reigning AL Cy Young Award winner will undergo more scans in a week to determine a timetable for his return. On the field, the Mets, though, broke through in Miami against the Marlins with a seventh-inning rally that gave them an opening day 5-3 to victory. Brandon Nimmo broke the 3-3 tie in that seventh inning with a two-run double that put New York up for good. Max Scherzer was good, but not great in his season debut, chucking six innings of work and yielding three earned runs along the way. It'll be David Peterson getting the ball for the Mets tonight in Miami, going up against Jesus Lazardo at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. The Yanks got their campaign started in the Bronx with a 5 to nothing win over the San Francisco Giants. It didn't take long for Aaron, or should I say Arson Judge, to pick up right where he left off. Going deep on just the second pitch he saw, Gliber Torres added a two-run shot as well, while Garrett Cole looked nasty on the bump with his 11 Ks over six scoreless innings. After an off day today, the Bombers will pick it back up tomorrow at the stadium for game two of their three-game set with San Fran. And on the ice, in a game that could have implications here on home ice advantage in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Devils edged out the Rangers in Jersey last night by a score of 2-1. to one. New Jersey did all their scoring in the first period with the eventual game winner coming off a one-timer from Timo Meyer. The lone tally for the Rangers came in the second period off the stick of Chris Kreider, but that's all New York would muster in route to the loss. The Devils gained some breathing room in that Eastern Conference three seed, now sitting four points ahead of both the Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs. The Rangers will be back at it tonight in Buffalo against the Sabres at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Looking ahead to hardwood action tonight as well. The Knicks are out in Cleveland taking on the Cavaliers for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. Wow, that could be a preview of that first-round playoff matchup there, Justin. Well, you got that right, Sydney. How about it? So we're looking forward to that contest. And your Nets, they're in action at 7.30 as well. They're welcoming in the Atlanta Hawks. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeList.com to find a dealer near you because they're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Presbyterians, Chris Martin, the anointing Chris Martin. He's married to Gwyneth Paltrow in Coldplay. So, big, big show coming up. 7 o'clock hour, you get Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, and Gordon Chang. 8 o'clock hour, Joseph Takapina and Judge Janine Pirro. 9 o'clock hour, Alan Dershowitz and Miranda Devine. Big, big show. So, I, uh, I'm going to be out next week for three days. I'm going to see my daughter Ava in college, who I love and miss. And I put together a list. I hope John Katsimatidis is listening. I know he does every day, him and the lovely Margot. Hope John and Chad are listening right now. Because I put together a list of five people who uh, I want to fill in. And I think that being on the host of the number one show in the city, that I should have a say in who's sitting in this chair when I'm not here. And I always say I don't care because you can bring in Howard Stern and Sean Hannity. It doesn't matter to me. They're not better. But I do care in one respect, and that is we've done very well on this show recently because of the tone of the show and how the show comes off. So the list of five people, and I don't care if you use one of them, two of them, three of them, or five, that I think should host this show when I'm out the next uh, next week for three days, starts with John Katsimatidis, who always does a great job when I'm out, and by the way, has worked with me when Bernie, God rest his soul, was out. We start with John. The other four are Laura Curran. I like her. She is a Democrat, but she's down the middle. She's sensible. So um, she's on the list. Dominic Carter. He's also sane, sensible, easy. He's on the list. Curtis Sliwa. He's a psycho. He's out of his mind. But, but, he knows how to do mornings. Uh, Not as good as me. That's why I'm here. He's not. But he knows how to do mornings. And the last guy on the list is the guy who's going to join me right now who gets monster ratings on his overnight show and is also a very talented but sensible broadcaster and entertaining, mind you. And that's my friend Frank Morano. So, Frank, you're on the list of five. Wow. I know. It's a big deal. What they do is not up to me, but... You're on the list. How about that? Try. I'm honored to be on that list with such uh, such an impressive group. Uh, on all seriousness, thank you. Th- top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. We got to start with uh, the Donald Trump story, and I'm going to ask everybody to be honest today. Like we know, Curtis at 7:05 has been a never Trumper from day one. From day right. one, we know that Larry Trump coming up on 7:25 loves her right. father. He's always Trump, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, where have you been with Donald Trump up to this point, and where are you this morning? Well, uh, politically, I was uh, enthusiastically in favor of him in 2016, uh, donated money to his campaign. He was the first Republican presidential candidate I ever voted for. 2020, I was also pretty enthusiastic about it, somewhat less so than 2016. Uh, in part, it was it was a lot of it just kind of an anti-Biden vote. He is not my first choice uh, for president in 2024. But uh, if he was running against Biden again I, and it was a one-on-one matchup, I would vote for Trump again. Uh, with with a great deal of enthusiasm. So uh, obviously you got all these great lawyers that you're going to be talking to, uh, Judge Pirro and Alan Dershowitz, and uh, I'm sure you've got uh, a bunch Tacopino. of other great folks. Takapina, obviously. And so uh, they could speak more to the legal aspect of things, uh, but just off the, uh, you know, based on what we know, and it's tough for anybody to know because the indictment is still under seal, I think there's a major statute of limitations problem. I heard that clip you played from uh, Mayor Giuliani. I think he's absolutely right. 
right? Also, even the New York Times described this case that Bragg is attempting to bring as a very novel legal theory, which has never been tried. Now, every lawyer listening, a prosecutor, defense, even even civil, they'll tell you that if you're a prosecutor and you're bringing a case that has never been tried ever and it's never resulted in a conviction, that is not exactly a great place to start. Even the closest thing that we've seen to this, and that was a slightly stronger case, was the John Edwards campaign finance uh, violation case. And that didn't end in a conviction. So I think there's actually a chance, uh, depending on what the nature of the charges are, that a judge may end up throwing this case out before it even gets to uh, to trial. Well, that's but- the first thing. And uh, Greg Jarrett made this point last night on Hannity. He's exactly right. That's the first thing that Joe Tacopina, I'm not even sure Tacopina is the criminal attorney in this case. He's he's doing another case I'm aware of, but no matter who it is, that's the first thing the attorney should do this morning is move for dismissal based upon what you just said. Now, the problem is we're in New York, and uh, in New York it's a very blue city, very blue state. The people, the jury, they're going to hate Trump. The judge, he or she will likely hate Trump. So there's a chance they won't dismiss it because of personal bias. But that is the first thing that the Trump attorney should do. Yes. Yeah, well, we'll see where it goes, right? I mean, you saw with the Court of Appeals, and this is when the conservatives had a majority on the Court of Appeals before Janet DeFiore retired. They had no problem striking down all sorts of ultra-left-wing stuff, even though all seven members of the Court of Appeals were appointed by uh, by Democrats. So if it makes it all the way up to the Court of Appeals, I could see uh, the, the if there is a conviction, it being thrown out. But we'll see. We're a long ways from there. But politically... I think um, this really does help Trump in the short term, certainly with respect to getting the nomination, but it may even help him to some extent in the general election because it does a few things. One, he's been able, I'm sure you've been bombarded as I have, he's been able to use this to raise a ton of money since this has happened. So he's going to use this to raise money uh, that he can then use on running for president. And by the way, just just emphasize your point, he had been lagging in that. Ron DeSantis killing Trump in donor money, and right after the indictment into late last night, Trump received a ton of cash. And he's gotten something that's even more valuable for money, especially if you're Donald Trump, which is this gives him a ton of free media attention. You remember back in 2016, they estimated that if Trump would have had to pay for the media attention that he got, both positive and negative, it would have amounted to something along the lines of $500 billion. That's why even (laughs) though in the primaries and in the general he was dramatically outspent by his opponents, he didn't need as much money because he's got this media attention, even though a lot of it is negative. It doesn't matter because it keeps all of his other potential primary opponents from getting on TV and bolstering their name recognition. No one's on TV today talking about Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, uh, or any of the other prospective Republican presidential candidates, except as it relates to Trump. And that's the other reason I think this is potentially good for him politically, because it's forcing all of his other potential adversaries to speak out on his behalf. You heard that with Pence yesterday, who's been pretty critical of Trump until now. You heard that from Nikki Haley yesterday. You even heard that from uh, Ron DeSantis. So, and uh, look, and that clip that you played from Jason Whitlock was very telling. 
I think you're going to see some people kind of right-leaning independents or maybe sometimes Trumpers say, look, this is just not right. I didn't want to vote for this guy, but this is kind of driving me into a protest vote type of direction. So I think it's definitely a positive for him in the primary, and it may even be uh, for the general as well. Frank Morano, just tremendous job on the overnights here, getting 11s, number one uh, in the city. And you can hear it right there the last five minutes with that great analysis. Let's move from Trump to uh, another uh, politician under fire all the time, and that's Mm. Governor Cuomo. Mm. He was on the station this week. He had an opportunity to come on with me. I've not really made this public. I I did intimate, and uh, well, maybe more than intimated, that he had a chance to come on with me, and he chickened out. That's the bottom line. But he did go on with John. I thought John did a great job asking all the right questions. He asked the right questions. He got no answers. I mean, Cuomo lied his way through 60 minutes on uh, on a couple of nights ago. But but he was on and had the opportunity to speak. The question is, does Cuomo continue to try to do radio or or is he looking to make a comeback in the political world? Well, I think the answer is yes to both. I think he's going to try and do as much radio as he can in the short term. But I think he definitely – I guarantee you every minute of – every day of his life, he's thinking about how he can make a political comeback. Now, what people have been talking about is a run against Gillibrand next year. And I think Gillibrand is weak. I think she's vulnerable in a primary. I do, though, think that because of Cuomo's scandals, he loses to Gillibrand if it's a one-on-one race. I think the opportunity for Cuomo – if he does go that route, is if there's a three-way race. There's been a lot of speculation that AOC may run against Gillibrand. If she's able to secure the hard left, Gillibrand is able to uh, maintain her base, which seems mostly organized labor. And Cuomo's able to sneak in with a plurality of of the vote, 34%, 35%. That's a much better race for him. But What Cuomo should do, if I was advising him, and he will never do this because he's incapable of this degree of humility, is similar to what he did in 06. You remember, he got embarrassed in the governor's race in 2002. Carl McCall embarrassed him, spanked him. So what did he do? He didn't come back four years later and run for governor. He came back and ran for a lesser office. He ran for attorney general and actually did his job for four years. If he were to do something like that next year and not run for statewide office, but instead run for Congress against in a district that's currently occupied by a Republican, someone like Michael Lawler, for instance, which is a kind of a Democratic district anyway, that would send the message that this is a newly humbled Cuomo. But he doesn't have that. No, he just doesn't know. have it. All right, 60 seconds to go. You've been great. Uh, April 1st, the budget with Kathy Hochul looks like that's going to be postponed because – Hochul uh, can't get anywhere with bail reform. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. And uh, she's not ready to present the budget if, in fact, uh, that doesn't become a bigger issue. What are your thoughts on the whole potential postponement? People need to pay attention to this. So the deadline is tomorrow, as you mentioned, and Hochul says they're not going to have a deal. So that's not unusual. We went through decades of late budgets. But um, if Hochul sticks to her guns here, and there's a bunch of issues here in the budget, and it's not just about the budget. The budget may sound boring. This is 
everything, whether it's done tomorrow or a week or a month. This is everything for the next four or five years. It's not just bail reform that they're fighting about. The state legislature is eagerly pushing for taxes on the rich, even more taxes, which they already raised once. And Hochul, to her credit, is resisting that. That is going to cause a massive exodus out of New York. And, and that's one of the reasons you see Mike Bloomberg spending $5 million bolstering Hochul in the budget. Charter school expansion. If Hochul gets her budget adopted, we'll see up to 184 new charter schools in the New York City area. So this is a very big fight here. And I don't know how it's going to play out, but uh, I think uh, both sides are digging in their heels. The state legislature really wants those taxes on the rich. Hochul really wants to roll back bail reform, get those charter schools. State legislature really wants a higher minimum wage. And Hochul really wants her um, plan for more housing in the suburbs. We'll see where it goes. It'll be very interesting. Uh, that is a great conversation. Uh, Frank Morano, uh, there he is. Very. Uh, it's easy to figure out why he's number one, getting ratings of 11s on the overnights. Other side of midnight, folks, five-hour ride every night right before me. And, of course, Noam does a terrific job and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Excellent job, Frank Morano. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. I love you. I love you, too. The great Frank Morano. News out of Nick Camp, by the way, Justin Ellick, as they can set to take on the Cavaliers, which is your likely first-round NBA playoff matchup. Nick star Julius Randle will miss the rest of the regular season, the last five games, with that ankle sprain he suffered a couple of nights ago in the win over Miami. We'll take a short break. Hour number two, it's a big hour. Curtis Sliwa. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, and Gordon Chang. What does this indictment mean to the world? And what's next for China and Taiwan? Sliwa, Trump, and Chang all coming up next hour. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. GaboLaw, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, 77 WABC.
It is the end of the world as we know it. Michael Stipe, R.E.M., as we start hour number two of this epic body edition of New York's favorite talk show. Sitting friends in the morning with a huge hour coming up. Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law will join me at 725. And Gordon Chang coming up at uh, 740. If you don't know, the president, former president, has been indicted. It's a ridiculous case. There is no crime here, none. But as I played for you earlier... Way back when, Alvin Bragg on that horrible Hot 97 morning show with Peter Rosenberg and others made this promise. He said, I'm getting Trump. I don't care about people getting attacked on the subways, people being raped and murdered in New York City. I don't care. I am taking this job. Cyrus Vance left. I'm taking over to get Trump. The title of Alan Dershowitz's book. And yesterday he made that personal vendetta. A true story. Because now the president has been indicted. Uh, we, we think it'll be arraigned on Tuesday. We'll have to fly to New York, get fingerprinted, maybe a mugshot, maybe cuffs. Who knows? But uh, one of our uh, great uh, anchor, uh, hosts, I should say, legend, uh, icon, all those things, joins me three times a week because he's so damn good every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.05 a.m. The great Curtis Sleeva is in studio this morning, and it looks like, at least during our pregame conversation, that Curtis is not buying into the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing that ever happened for Trump. He's going to be Jesus Christ superstar. We're, we're coming right into Passover and and Good Friday and the crucifixion, and he's going to be like Jesus. Christ. Watch, he'll have his last supper before he leaves Mar-a-Lago, which was really the Passover seder. And there he'll have the bitter herbs, and he'll dip it in the sweet and sour <laughs> sauce. You know, Chinese food, right? You know, all Jews love Chinese food. It'll bring together Jews, of which there are many down there in Palm Beach, and Gentiles. And he will go on and then come into New York, and he'll be fingerprinted and photographed and booked. This is so great for Trump. Are you kidding? And, you know, you said, well, one of your guests said, oh, Jason Whitlock, how dare you call him the black Jesus, said I'm Sick of this. I'm emotional about this. That's what DeSantis is saying in Tallahassee. Yeah. My God, I was on my way to winning the Republican nomination, and then all of a sudden, this got well, chopped well, on well, my head. On. Let's be honest. He's been getting his ass handed to him for the better part of two months. Ever since President Trump went to Ohio, before he was indicted, he's had anywhere from an 18 to a 40-point lead. So it's not like DeSantis was doing great until no, yesterday. No, let, let, Trump's been killing clear it out. He's he been was, killing it. He him. was ahead in the polls in Iowa and New Hampshire, and you gain momentum there. But this, by Trump becoming Jesus Christ superstar, right? I've been yeah. crucified. Yeah. I'm resurrected. You see, I'm coming back. He's going to run this whole table like you run a pool table. No, listen, and then your friend. We agree on that. We agree that politically, this is actually a good thing the for Donald Trump. The best thing that ever happened right, but, to him. But the bigger question is why people are saying it's the end of the world, Curtis. Yeah, end of the world. Like, like, hey. You know that Democrats are, are not even, they're still, they're celebrating. You would think that common sense Democrats would be like, no, no. Oh, no, this is bad. They're not. Of course. They're like, they're he has the to horror, the Tarantella, Alvin Bragg. Nobody's going to focus any longer on the left. Hey, you know, you're letting the shoplifters run wild, the rapists, the shooters. Now he becomes the star of the left wing. Come on. It's his great plan. And your friend, Joseph Takabina, this will enshrine him into the Hollywood Square <laughs> of lawyers for all time. You know, move over, Dershowitz. Move over the rest of the legal analysts. And they're going to be making money, these legal analysts, yeah. writing books. 
books, yeah. everybody is going to be doing good. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the best thing that happened to your pal, Joseph Takapina. Yeah. Best well, thing that well, happened to Dershowitz with his books yeah. and all these people. They'll be like lens slice on TV 24-7-365. Well, especially out in Dershowitz, because the title of his new book is actually Get Trump. Of course. And he'll be on with me at 9.05. By the way, by the way uh, no. Dershowitz was just in Israel, right? Yes. He had dinner with Bibi Netanyahu. I believe that's true, uh, yes. Bibi, the prime minister, he's under indictment from 2019 for breach of trust, accepting bribes, fraud. <laughs> the criminal trial continues to go on. And who's prime minister? <laughs> Bibi Netanyahu. Oh, it's the end of Israel. Oh, God, the chosen... This is nonsense. This is the best thing that ever happened for Donald Trump. It's his resurrection politically, if he plays the victim card, which is so difficult for him to do. You know, he says, oh, oh, Ismael, oh, Ismael, oh, I'm carrying this cross. Can, Sid, can you carry the cross a little bit before I get crucified? Well, he doesn't have to play the victim. He could even be angry. That's fine. They actually, they were showing last night on Fox News all the people by the way, it was like the most unattractive group of people you'll have ever seen. Like 75-year-old ladies with long hair and droopy skin, over-tanned and beat up. Kind of like me, actually. Standing outside with Trump signs and American flags. And they were angry. Uh, and Trump can be angry, too, and that'll still work. But, yes, we all agree politically, you're right. It's a great thing for Donald Trump. It's great for Joseph Takapina. He's going to beat Michael Cohen, come out looking great. It's great for me. But what's bad here what? is that we set this precedent. And now, not just President Trump, there'll be other people, other oh, politicians, oh, yeah. because uh, of these Democrats, uh, that now the, the Bill of Rights oh, and the Constitution oh, has basically this. been set on fire. Stop this impale yourself with a menorah and a crucifix, right? Ehud Olmert, right, the Prime Minister of Israel, Mayor of Jerusalem, got found guilty of bribery. He went to jail. Somehow the state of Israel survived, right? And then you look at Brazil. We got a new president there who's the old president, Lulu, who beat Bolsonaro, right? Very close selection, very much like Biden Trump. He spent time in jail. He was released. He's now president of Brazil again. Would we stop this hysteria? <laughs> and then, oh, my God, Donald Trump Jr., this is communism. This is like Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot. They would be blushing over this. What the hell are you talking about? There's no indictment in communism. They take you in the backyard. They shoot you in the head. That's it, Ted. Goodbye. What? See, there is something, there is something about and nonsense. There is something about you this morning. And again, uh, I'm the first to tell everybody how entertaining you are. That's why you're on three days a week. No one else is on three days a week. But you've been a never-Trumper from day one. Never-Trumper. Right. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's the way you are. And there is something about you this morning that while you're willing to say this is good for Trump, you're not willing to say how bad it is for the country because you still hate Donald no, Trump. No, no, no. How is oh, it yes. bad? Wait a How is this bad for Very the country? Very bad for the country. What, what? Excuse that, that, me. That, 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 that a, a DA in New York City, a DA in New York City is bringing a case which has zero, zero legal credibility it's a, it's a, based on bias. Is this the first time this has a, ever happened? Uh, to, a president, yes. to, oh, I, to a uh, president, yes. To a president, yes. And this is the best thing that ever happened for Donald Trump, right? Can we agree on this? Yeah, but it's the worst thing for the country. Oh, why? Why set this precedent? Well, how could a guy who from day one set out to get Donald Trump actually do this and you're okay with that? You said he set out to get Donald Trump. Day one. Then the moment he came in to replace Cyrus White Shoes Vance, he said, there's no case here. No, no. 
No, that's not true. And when he no, 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 no. Let me play this for you again. Maybe you missed it. I played it earlier this morning. Let's go back to uh, two years ago because it was after this when he said there was no case. First there was a case, then there was no case, and now clearly no he's case. got a case again. There's no case. Well, let's, let's go back to Hot 97 two years ago. Alvin Bragg with these two uh, tards, Ebro Darden and Peter Rosenberg, saying, I'm going to go get Trump. Cut number 11. That is uh, the number one issue we know he's investigating and what i'll say is i'm the only i was the first to announce against side vance i too have a lot of issues which is why i decided to run i'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with with donald trump i was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office we sued the trump administration over a hundred times uh for the muslim travel ban for family separation at the border for shenanigans with the census uh, so I know how to, to litigate uh, with him. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, I'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's, that'd be the most important, uh, most high-profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, I believe we have to hold him accountable. Uh, I haven't seen all the That's facts. That's all you need to hear. Uh, uh, I believe okay, we need give, to hold them give accountable. Give him the matzo with the bitter herbs, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll give this well, sweet. But you, but you, you were just proven wrong. No. They want when Alvin Bragg said he got we elected. have to hold right. him accountable. Right. When he got in elected, he said there's no case here. No. He resurrected the case for political reasons. You act as if this is the first DA who's ever prosecuted anybody for political now, again, reasons. Not anybody, a president. A president is not Curtis Sliwa. A president is not Sid Rosenberg. You, you do not Sid, indict a former president. I want you to look me president. in the face seriously do and tell me this is the end of the United States as we know it, democracy. The uh, president listen, was indicted it, it is, twice. It, it is somewhere in between the cavalier stance you're taking this morning and maybe the gloomy stance Achieving. that I'm taking. How many times, but it's not a good thing. How many times was Trump impeached? How many times? Twice. Uh, did we survive? Somehow life goes did on. Did we survive? Yes. I'll tell you what happened. He, he, got, he lost a rigged election, and now you've got two of the worst years in the history of this country. Did we survive, Curtis, to be honest? Barely. Oh, Barely. Oh, oh, oh. Barely. Okay. All right. The end of democracy, the end of America. And then you have Gordon Chang on saying, let's go to war again. China and Russia and destroy the world, right? What is wrong with all of you people? <laughs> this is theater. All sides benefit from this. Do you not realize Donald Trump becomes Jesus Christ superstar? All of a sudden, your guy Takapina is the go-to lawyer for all of America. The moment they're in trouble, Takapina will be swimming in dough. He'll be a billionaire. Yeah. He'll be in the middle. He'll be the Paul Lind on the Hollywood Square of lawyers <laughs> from now on. Right? And then Bragg, he's going to be MSNBC 24-7-365. Oh, God, he is so boring. Did you have to play that cut at Hot 97? More guns, more well, drive-bys, you, you, you more games. Ro- you love Peter Rosenberg. I hate fine. them all of you, kid. That's the station of gang bangers, drive-by killings. Of course he would appear on Hot 97. They promote crime. And that's and that's the DA who allows crime. So this cosmetically covers over the fact that he's not doing his job. I'm surprised you haven't connected the dots in. Oi, he's me, it's me. Are you going to go to the chosen land, Israel? Are you going to see Bibi, who is indicted, Ehud Omar, who is found guilty and put in jail? Somehow the state of Israel has survived! See, we've got all these guests. Larry Trump's going to stop by next, and we've got Alan Dershowitz and Joseph Takapina and Judge Janine Pirro, all these guys. And what you've done right now in the last 10 minutes, and this means something. This is why you're on the list of five. I want to sit up with me when I'm away next week. You have done something this morning that no one else is going to do. 
you are authentic, you're genuine, your opinion is completely different than the rest of the guest list today. So congratulations, because you become memorable because okay, you are not towing the same can line. Can I put the icing on the cake? I support Donald Trump in this one, okay? You do? Absolutely. Oh, There's no case here. This. By I the way, oh, Stormy Daniels, this. right, Stormy Daniels. Hey, by the way, your guy Takapina said, oh, he had sex with Stormy Daniels. There's no doubt about it a few years ago. Now, Takapina in typical loyalty way. What are you talking about? He didn't have sex with Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Lawyers lie out of both sides of their mouth simultaneously. That's why they get paid the big bucks. A few years ago, of course he had sex with Stormy Daniels. Now all of a sudden, what are you talking about? They were in contemplative prayer. They were doing the rosary while they were watching Shark Week. Get out of here. This is all mischief, gosh. All right, folks, there he is. That's why he gets great ratings noon to one every weekday and all weekend long. And, of course, on this show, three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, the brilliant Curtis Sliwa. We're going to take a break. When we get back, our next guest, I think, will be a radical departure from Curtis Lewa. She happens to be Donald Trump's daughter-in-law married to Donald Trump's son. My new best buddy, Lara Trump, on the president's indictment is coming up next. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Facebook page right now, I put up a really cool picture of me wearing my Make um, America Number One Again, a playoff of this radio show being number one and Make America Great Again. But underneath uh, that post is a post from Lara Trump where she actually writes down all the lyrics from this song. I love Tom Petty, and I love this song, Won't Back Down, which is pretty much the theme song these days for President Trump. He's not going to back down. So on this historic morning, really this tragic morning in the history of our country, who better to talk to than the person who I say every time she's on has become my favorite Trump, no disrespect to Donald Jr. or Kimberly or Eric or any one of them. Lara Trump uh, has become my favorite, and she's on this show often, which I appreciate, and she's here today. Lara Trump, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Well, good morning. I thought I said, wow, did you check out my social media page? Because. I did post the words, yep. 
yep. from won't back down under a photo of my father-in-law because quite frankly, Sid, that's the best representation, I think, of how he feels, of how we all feel, of how Trump supporters feel, how patriots feel, how every American, whether or not you like Donald Trump, should feel today um, after the really dark and sad day we saw happen yesterday. Yes, I uh, couldn't agree more. And, and I saw that post last night and I shared it on my page and I texted Lou Rafino at 9.30 last night. Before I knew you were coming on, I said, let's start the show with that song. Then when I found out you were coming on, I, uh, of course, I kept it for you at uh, 7.25. But, but uh, describe for me, because you're on the inside here, Lara. And I know at one point last night you must have been all together at Mar-a-Lago, sitting around trying to figure out what to do next. What was the mood of your father-in-law? Was he upset? Was he angry? Was he Maybe, I don't know, maybe believed that maybe this thing will come to an end at some point. How would you describe your father-in-law's mood? I mean, I think I think he's really depressed for this country, Sid, honestly. Like, of, of course this is about him, but it's not only about him. This is about anyone who, who dares to challenge the political system, the political elites, the establishment in this country. And the truth is, since the day he came down the escalator in Trump Tower and ran as an outsider, never took money from lobbyists, never took money from special interest groups, didn't need the backing of the establishment, they have hated him. They have tried every way possible to get rid of him, but it's not just about them going after him. It's about them going after all of us. Look at what's happened to conservatives over the past two years in this country, whether you're praying or or you know, singing outside of an abortion clinic and they, you know, the FBI raids your home first thing in the morning. Look at the way the parents who are concerned about what their kids have been learning in school have been attacked and, and, you know, the systems have been weaponized against them. They're labeled as domestic terrorists. It's never only been about Donald Trump. He's just been the fall guy and the face of it. And so I think to see the very clear demarcation line in the history of America that we reached yesterday with this uh, news of the indictment, I I think he's really sad for America because we never go back from here. For almost 250 years, the country we have known will be no longer because if you can weaponize the justice system against your political opponents, we are no better than communist USSR. We are no better than Cuba, than North Korea. And those are tactics you see employed in those kind of countries, not in the free you know, place of the United States of America. And so I think for him, look, I love to say that we're all shocked and surprised by this. Nothing at this point shocks or surprises any of us, I don't think, especially him. But I'll tell you what, I have never seen somebody with more guts than Donald Trump, because despite this, despite everything they've done to him, whether Russia, Ukraine phone call, two impeachments, January 6th, an unprecedented raid at Mar-a-Lago, or this situation right now, he won't back down. He is never going to stop running for president. He's never going to stop fighting for the people of this country. He made a promise to everybody that day he came down the escalators in Trump Tower that he was fighting for us, for the future of America. And despite everything he's had against him, I am so impressed to see that he is still standing strong and standing firm and ready to fight the good fight. This is Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. You said nothing surprises you, but I have to say, Lara, that when your father-in-law put out that uh, social media post, I'm getting arrested on Tuesday, and Tuesday came and nothing happened. 
And then the grand jury kept postponing. Then we heard Bob Costello's testimony, which I thought was great for your father-in-law and horrible for Michael Cohen. And I started to really think this thing is going to go away. So I was surprised yesterday. You weren't a little surprised? Your father-in-law wasn't a little surprised that this indictment actually came down? Well, I mean, truthfully, yes. Whoever thinks that, you know, someone is going to be indicted for a non-crime. But when you look at where this is taking place, Sid, where is it? It's the liberal bastion of New York City, where we know that they will do anything they can to take down Donald Trump. And we know with grand juries, in order to go forward with an indictment, you don't need, uh, you know, unanimous decision there. You need half plus one. And so you can indict a ham sandwich. That's the favorite famous phrase. And I think we all knew that at some point they were going to try something. Maybe we were hopeful, of course, as you just said, because it didn't happen in the time frame expected, because there was a bit of a pause, because it seemed like maybe Alvin Bragg had come to his senses, that perhaps they would take another look at this and say, it's not worth it. This might actually help Donald Trump in the long run. We know that this actually has no bearing on the law, what we're trying to claim here. But, of course, it's New York. Of course, they found enough people to say, yes, let's indict Donald Trump, um, that they move forward with it. And, uh, and we all know what it's about. It's not just about, you know, locking Donald Trump up because he's, of course, committed no crime. It is not a crime in the United States of America to pay someone to sign a nondisclosure agreement. Thousands of them happen every single day. And um, they, they know that. But this was not about a prosecution. It was about a persecution about persecuting a political opponent, slinging mud at him, hoping that they could do one more thing, take one more stab at it to prevent him mm. from getting back in the White House in 2024. You know, Lara, what I really want to see over the next few days is bipartisan support. I don't think it'll happen because, just for the anecdotal, my friends and family, they, they can't stand your father-in-law, and I hate him for that, by the way, and they're celebrating this morning. They think this is great, you know, and I'm sure Mitt Romney's not going to text your father-in-law anytime soon, but there were a bunch of Republicans yesterday that came out very strong in support, and even to see Ron DeSantis, who had this little thing with your father-in-law the last couple of months, come out and say, listen, as a governor of Florida, I am not going to extradite Donald Trump. I'm not going to send a marshal to his house. I'm not encouraging this and getting involved in this. How heartening was that for your father-in-law to hear something like that from the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis? I mean, I, I think it was very nice to hear that. I'm glad he said that. And he's exactly right because he knows that this is bogus, just like the rest of us. But by the way to maybe your friends and family, to anybody who considers themselves on the left politically in America, if you are celebrating this, you are making a mistake. It's Donald Trump today. It could be your guy tomorrow if this is the precedent we are setting in America. These are communist tactics that are being employed. It was Joseph Stalin's secret police that said, show me the the man and I will show you the crime. And of course, you could construe anything about anybody, quite frankly, that at this point, all of us in the Trump family make sure we don't even jaywalk because we know how hungry they are to lock all of us up for anything we do wrong. But it's truly a, 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 a place in America I never thought we would see where you can weaponize a system like this against your political opponents. And, yes, I'm sure there are people celebrating, but give it a few years. If this is the way you want to play the game in America – it is a very slippery slope to authoritarianism, to communism. This is not how this country was designed. 
So anybody celebrating today really ought to take a step back and, and look at this country and say, is this the country that I love? Do I want to salvage the constitutional republic we have? Or am I okay with heading down the path towards something more like North Korea or the USSR? So the question now is, what day next week does your father-in-law do this? Uh, some are saying he should, uh, arraignment will probably be Tuesday. At that point, does he come to New York? Even though DeSantis says, I'm not going to make sure he has to go, and he'll do what he has to do and take the mugshot, do the fingerprints, all the things that uh, Alvin Bragg and his office can't wait to see, and quite frankly, may work out well for us because – to see Donald Trump with handcuffs, to see Donald Trump being fingerprinted or take a mugshot taken for a crime that doesn't exist, doesn't exist. While, yes, I'm sure it did make him very sad yesterday. And, Larry, you said, and Eric and Donald Jr. as well, in the end, like you were saying, this is going to backfire because there is no crime. And I really believe politically this may be the greatest day in your father-in-law's term as a politician in the United States. Yeah, because he's shown us what he's tried to tell us all along, that, you know, the systems we have here in America are very precarious. And he's been fighting, again, for the American people and not for the establishment and not playing their game. And I think he's done nothing but expose all of these people from day one. And this, of course, is no different. I'm sure they will make whatever spectacle they can out of next week, I'm sure they will try to play it up. And, and we all know the truth. The truth is you don't need to have cameras there to, to indict somebody for an arraignment for all this stuff. But you better believe that they're going to have every press outlet in the world available. And they're going to try to do a perp walk, the whole thing, I'm sure. Now, of course, all of this has to be coordinated with the Secret Service because as a former president, my father-in-law has, has Secret Service for life. Um, but it is just so sad that we have come to this place in America. I think you're right, though. I think people who maybe don't even really like Donald Trump and haven't really thought about voting for him, should he become the nominee in 2024 for the Republicans, probably look at this and they say, wow, if this is what they can do to one of the most powerful people in the world, and, and certainly you could argue that at one time that was Donald Trump and probably still, then what could they do to me? And he should be a representative for every American. You should see yourself in Donald Trump, because if we allow this to happen and we don't call them on it, then all bets are off. Then it's, it's just a free-for-all in America, and we are on a really dangerous path. So I think they miscalculated this one. I think ultimately you're right. It's going to help him. People may come out and vote for Donald Trump who never considered themselves Trump voters because they can very clearly see that we're slipping into a scary spot here in America. And 60 seconds to go, Lyra. This sets up a really unfair fight between my childhood friend of 43 years, Joseph Takapina, and a disgraced felon. Let me say it again, folks. A disgraced felon, the father-in-law's former attorney, Michael Cohen. This one is about as one-sided as you'll ever see. And I have to tell you, Lyra, I've known Joe Takapina since fourth grade. I've never seen him more enthusiastic and more ready to beat up an opposing attorney like he is right now for that low-life Michael Cohen, which is good news for your father-in-law. Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, that their entire case hinges on someone who lied to Congress, Michael Cohen, a disgraced former attorney, um, who last week you may have seen a, a letter come out from 2018 from uh, Michael Cohen's attorneys at the time 
saying none of these payments, the specific payment in question, should ever be considered anything to do with the campaign. It negates the whole case right there. But here we are. We're going to see it all play out. And Joe Tacopina is incredible. He's going to do an amazing job. He already has done that. And so, look, we're all watching. We're all waiting. We all know there's no crime. Um, but this is a really, really sad time for this country. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. There's no one better to fight against it and stand up to it than Donald J. Trump. Agreed. We will prevail. We will win. I love you, Lara. I love your father-in-law. I love the whole family. I love this country. And we will win. And we will win big. I mean, we're going to embarrass Alvin Bragg, Michael Cohen, and the rest of them. I can promise you that. So the next couple of days may not be great, but the greater days are not that far ahead. Lara Trump, as always, thank you. You've been so nice to me the last couple of months. I appreciate it. And uh, everything's going to work out great, I promise you. So thank you so much. From your lips, amen to that. (laughs) All right, thank you. There she is, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, who's become uh, a go-to person on this show. She's terrific, Lara Trump. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. All right, off to a great start. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, all great. Still to come, Joseph Takapina, Judge Janine Pirro, Alan Dershowitz, Miranda Devine, and more. You know, I do want to wish my next-door neighbors in Bell Harbor in Rockaway, two really great people, Billy Felton, who is a courageous fireman, and his uh, beautiful wife, Jackie, Billy and Jackie Felton, they've got three adorable little kids. Back when I moved into my house, their little girl brought over ices. Billy went and got in Brooklyn from Dolly's, and I never forgot that. Anyway, Billy and Jackie are celebrating their wedding anniversary today. I think it's 11 years. Either way, we can't wait to get home, hopefully sometime before the end of May, which Eclipse is working hard. Uh, we do want to wish Billy and Jackie Felton a very happy anniversary. My next guest is also a Sid babe. In fact, when I do the new New York Post ad for Sid and Friends, he's going to be one of those 12 pictures. You can follow him on Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. And when it comes to Asia or Russia or anything outside this country and in this country, there's nobody better. So with that said, here he is, my friend Gordon Chang. Gordo, happy Friday morning. How are you? I'm fine, Sid, and happy Friday to you, too. Thank you. I want to take the the Trump indictment and uh, kind of throw you into these other people's bodies. Uh, Of course, you don't know the real answer, but you know these people well enough to give me a a decent answer, and that is Ping in China this morning, Putin in Russia this morning, uh, Rocket Man in North Korea this morning. They see this ridiculous Trump indictment. I know they're keeping up on it. And what do you think they're thinking today? Yeah. Um, Xi Jinping has allowed a lot of the derision about um, Trump on social media. So Trump is being called a comrade nation builder. In other words, what he's doing is bringing down the United States. Now, um, of course, this is ridiculous, but this is what uh, Beijing is allowing on social media platforms. Um, because really right now, I think that the main Communist Party and central government platforms don't really know what to say. They've been pretty quiet, um, and they will eventually come out until they figure out what they want to say. Um, but they are allowing, um, you know, mocking t- 
tones because they want to bring Trump down. I mean, they don't want to face Trump in 2024 um, or 2025 when he's being inaugurated. They prefer, um, you know, the guy who's there right now, who they um, they've, they've got Biden's number for whatever reason, whether it's corruption or whether the guy just is completely outdated. They've got his number. It's both. He is a compromised, corrupt president, and they do have his number. And he's about as intimidating, quite frankly, as a burp in a windstorm compared to Donald Trump, who told, he didn't ask, he told these guys what they can and can't do. So it's a combination of both. So I'm not surprised to hear this, although it's still not great, that uh, Beijing and these other places, uh, much like a lot of Democrats in the United States, celebrating today. Yeah, and, and of course, because they don't want strong American leadership. So that's going to be, um, you know, the default position. No matter what the issue is, whether it's Trump or something else, they want a weak American leader so they can go and do what they want. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin believe that they are driving events in the world and the U.S. is no longer a factor. And we are seeing China try to intimidate the rest of the world into that position. So anything that comes out of the U.S., that will be what they'll say. You know, Gordon, this uh, China-Taiwan thing uh, really started to heat up this week. And, you know, now, of course, uh, with the president of Taiwan coming, there have been some threats from the Chinese government that if Kevin McCarthy actually sits and talks with this man, that uh, then we were really going to be in for a load of trouble. It does seem like, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, these ridiculous threats from this feeble, feckless, inept Joe Biden, it does seem like China is absolutely going to invade Taiwan, not if, just a matter of when, and maybe very, very soon. So it's a simple question. Do you believe with the events of this week that that is happening sooner than we thought? And B, do you think that really could mean the start of World War III? Well, if China does invade Taiwan, that is World War III because we're going to see China's proxies like North Korea, Pakistan, Algeria, Iran go after their victims. Um, whether it happens or not, um, I actually think that it will. Um, but, you know, there, it's a complex issue. There are a lot of reasons why Xi Jinping wouldn't invade. But right now, um, I think they're extremely arrogant. They believe the United States won't oppose them. And I'm also believing that there's the real possibility of an accident. China is engaged in some very dangerous um, flights, uh, intercepting our planes and the planes of other countries in international airspace. One of those um, intercepts is going to go wrong, and that's how this war could start. So, yeah, on balance, I believe it will occur pretty soon, um, and we have got to be prepared. And we, as a nation, are not. Um, the Pentagon's not. Um, the Oval Office is not. And most Americans are not. And that's because of a failure of the leadership of Joe Biden. Yet he's on record more than once, and he's come under fire for this, as you know, Gordon, because he's not supposed to, quote, he's not supposed to say this, but he's been on record a couple of times in the last year and a half saying, hey, if those Chinese go into Taiwan, they're going to have to deal with us. You're not supposed to say that, but he has said it. So he's kind of put us in a spot where we can't even get out of this. There's no wiggle room, right? There's none. Yeah, I mean, if, if the president of the United States, whoever it is, were to say to the Chinese, we're defending Taiwan, um, and the Chinese believe him, the Chinese will not invade. Now, the problem is there have been four times where Biden, when asked by a reporter, has said, yes, we're defending Taiwan militarily. The problem is that all four times um, his subordinates have walked it back. 
that shows disarray in the Biden administration. China sees the disarray. I don't think that they see the resolute comments from Biden. I think that they see that his administration is divided and that the president is not in charge. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You've been doing this with me for a long time. And a couple of months ago, Gordon, you would come on and 90, I'm being honest here, 90% of the audience would go, I got to tell you, this guy, Gordon Chang, he's got it. He's exactly right. And 10% would go, this guy loves the drama. He loves to come on and talk about this stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you something, Gordon. That 10% that weren't believing a couple of months ago, they are now at the point where they actually think that bombs dropping in Times Square is no longer, no longer an impossibility. So whether it's you or our government, somebody is convincing even the doubters that this is becoming a real dangerous situation. Yes. You know, Kyle Bass, the famous hedge fund manager, was on CNBC last night, and he said, um, unless there's an untimely death of Xi Jinping, war is certain. And that, I think, shows that there's been a change in opinion around uh, this country. You know, when we think about it, if there's war in Asia, um, it's going to be fought on American soil. On the very first day of that war, the Chinese are going to turn off our lights, going to turn off our water. They're going to detonate bombs across our country. Um, It is going to be chaos here. Remember, there's a lot of... um, On our southern border, there's that surge of Chinese refugees. Most of them are are real refugees. They want to get out of China. But we're starting to see young men of military age, unattached to family groups, come in across that southern border. I suspect a fair number of those are either Chinese military or Ministry of State Security here to create uh, – to engage in sabotage should war occur. You know, not only are they sending balloons here to spy on us, not only is the possibility of war, which you just laid out very eloquently, a real possibility, but now the economic front, too, and you also talked about the cyber warfare, obviously, shut down all of our of our grids. Now the economic uh, possibility of war is here, because, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I may, I may have the specifics just off here, but did China not make a deal with some South American country this week to stop using the dollar as backup currency and, in fact, use something else, which, of course, will hurt the U.S. economy. Did that not happen this week? Yeah, it happened. It was Brazil um, and China entered into a preliminary agreement to conduct trade between the two countries in their either the Brazilian real or the Chinese renminbi. Um, so that, and- that, that, that's a big deal, right? I mean, that is that is the beginning of an economic war, no? Certainly it is. And you got to remember that the reason why this occurs is because Brazil has a new president, Lula. And why does president why does Brazil have Lula? Because the Biden administration worked really hard to undermine the then existing uh, Brazil president, um, Bolsonaro, Yar Bolsonaro, um, who was a conservative. And, and the reason why they did that was because Bolsonaro had good relations with the Trump administration. And so they decided to try to install Lula. Lula is now working with China against the U.S. You just can't. This is incomprehensible. The same thing is happening in the Middle East, where you have the Biden administration targeting former American allies like Saudi Arabia and the Gulf Cooperation Council states because they worked with Trump and they had the Abraham Accords, the most successful foreign policy in the United States towards the Middle East since FDR. 
And, and Biden, because he believes in Iran, China, you know, Iran is is China's uh, proxy. Um, we Americans are now supporting Chinese policy that is targeting the United States in many regions around the world. Uh, this is just unbelievable. Unbelievable, Sid. So to wrap this up in a pretty little ball, one again, Gordon, I can't thank you enough. I love when you come on. I really do. Uh, much like uh, some of my family and friends, again, very anecdotal, but they're that stupid Democrats celebrating uh, today what really is an awful thing. It's awful no matter how good it goes for Donald Trump. It's an awful thing. Much like them, they are celebrating in Beijing, China as well this morning, yes? No, they certainly are. And as well, I'm sure Putin likes this as well as Kim Jong-un, not to mention whoever the leader in Iran is, the people in Algeria, um, the failed government in Pakistan. You know, this is just this is America's enemies rejoicing. (laughs) Horrible. Hey, Gordon, thank you again. Excellent, excellent job. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll do it again soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sid. You're the man. The best. Gordon G. Chang. On Twitter, that wraps up another great hour. What an hour. What a last hour and 15 minutes between Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, and Gordon Chang. And what an 8 o'clock hour we've got coming your way. We start with the man himself. He's been everywhere. He was tremendous with Sean Hannity last night. My friend of 43 years. And really at this point, the main lawyer for President Donald Trump. Joseph Takapina plus Judge Janine Pirro, Alan Dershowitz, Miranda Devine, and more. The 8 o'clock hour, hour number three of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, sitting friends in the morning, about to come your way. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Look at this jerk-off, Lanny Davis. God, the attorney for Michael Cohen. What a jerk-off. Remember, uh, he's going, I, miss, I know Lanny very, very well. His, his son, Seth Davis, Seth. big college basketball guy, CBS. And Seth is, was on my sports shows over 20 years, I'd say a million times, every time he wrote a book. One of his books was actually pretty good. It was the Bird Magic Johnson book. And Seth and I were friendly, friendly. And then, of course, Lanny, his father, became very famous during the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky days. Long story short, I had a fight once with Lanny Davis over Trump. 
because I was getting these emails. Like every week, Lonnie Davis would send out emails. And for some reason, he thought I was one of, quote, unquote, his people. And I'm not. And um, and then one other time, you know, when I first started doing politics many years ago down in Florida, and I wasn't all that well informed. I'll admit it. Not like I am now. I could do this with anybody. Uh, but back then, I really wasn't. And Seth Davis came on the air and said to me, hey, Sid, if you want to talk about this stuff, why don't you tell me about immigration? And I remember being so angry because, first of all, don't try to embarrass me on my own radio show. But secondly, he was right. I didn't know much about it. But that's the arrogant, obnoxious Democrat, and especially Lanny and Seth Davis, who went to Duke. So Lanny's on CNN right now. And he's representing Michael Cohen, the felonious lying scum that is really the center of this whole ridiculous indictment. And Joe Tacopina, who's going to join me at 825, he's going to kick Michael Cohen's ass. He's going to kick his ass. You know, I'm getting so many compliments today on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, loaded with folks loving the show. And Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, and Gordon Chang is a pretty good start. Joseph Takapina, Judge Janine Pirro, Alan Dershowitz, and Miranda Devine still to come. This will be the best guest list of any radio show in the country today. Anywhere. I can promise you that. So thank you for the, the, uh, the nice compliments. Because uh, last night, you know, I did this video for Arthur Lee and Lifevac. And it was a couple days ago, and... You know, I'm tan, and I got the tight shirt on and all that stuff. Who cares? So they put this video up on 77 WABC. And I I stopped reading a lot of this Facebook stuff because the only people who really comment, I'm not talking about my personal pages, my own personal Instagram or Facebook, and I stopped using Twitter about eight months ago. I have not been on Twitter once in, I think, seven months. I don't know. Because it's a bunch of low lives, you know. So on the Facebook pages for the website, for the uh, radio station, the 77 WABC pages, all these people come on there and they say the most terrific things about me. Fine. So at one point I got annoyed because I'm like, well, wait a second. What if some new listener goes to the website and starts reading all this awful stuff? That can't help me. Why are we allowing people who clearly have a vendetta against me, like Bragg has against Trump, who don't even know me, don't even know me, why do we allow them to spew this hate every day on there? And then it occurred to me that I guess we have to do that, right? That's, that's what a democracy is, and I don't have to read it. I don't read it. But I did come across the Lightback piece last night, and I got to tell you, every single post was nasty. Oh, Sid thinks he's the best. Oh, come on. Oh, I swear to God. Sid had the nerve once to say the ratings are better without Bernie. Um, somebody made a joke about my wife being with Bo Snurdly. <laughs> oh, I swear to God. Some low life, some fat, ugly bastard out of Long Island. And I actually replied with, well, she can't go there because your wife has to leave first. So then I find myself well, saying stupid, immature stuff yeah, like it that. It brought you right down. You're right. And I hate what stuff like that. But. These are the low lives that are on there. But this is what you have to deal with, you know, when people don't like you. And, and Donald Trump is dealing with it on a much bigger level 
He's been indicted. He's going to be fingerprinted. He's going to be, he's going to mugshot the whole thing. But that's what it comes down to. People develop these personal vendettas and bias based on nothing but their own miserable lives. And then folks who are quasi-celebs like me, quasi, or real celebs like Donald Trump, have to deal with it on different levels. I'm not comparing myself to Trump. I'm just telling you, reading all these nasty posts from last night, I even explained to my son, he goes, Daddy, why do they do that? I mean, you're great on the air. People love you. What is it? I go, listen, the bigger you get, the more you find, people will hate you. That's very simple. They will hate you. And and, and that's, a, that's a good thing because truth is, Gaby, when those posts aren't there, that means, A, I'm not on the air, or, B, if I'm vanilla and everybody kind of likes me, that don't work either. No one cares then. No one cares. That's, you know, you get the bigger money and more opportunity, and trust me, because I've been around a lot of folks who everybody loved, they didn't enjoy the same economic success that I have. You know that for a fact. Well, it's if you don't push it to the edge, then there's nothing going on. Nothing and going that's on. The re- it, as difficult as it is to not respond to those kind of things, that is exactly what those people are looking for. That's what they want, right. That's all they've got. They just want to move you to answer them in any way possible. Like, hey, hey, I got it. I responded. Now I win. Right. And and I only did that because because somebody mentioned my wife. I mean, I don't care what you say about me. Call me a junkie. uh, Whatever you want. I I don't care. But you mentioned Danielle Abel Gabe. First, I'm going to respond. Then I'm going to find you and kill you. Of course, that's what. And if that sounds to. like a threat, that's exactly what it is. I'm going to find you and kill you. I promise you, I'm going to hurt you at some point. Oh. Anyway, man, that's right. But that's that. It's still they'll. Do and don't that. think I can't do it. That's what they still want to move. That's you. okay. They're well, they move me. They're going to say anything. They then move that's me. That's how low life they are. I know. And they're sitting home behind a computer. Yep. It's very easy not to, to hide. Well, talking about low lives, this Michael Cohen is right there. And, again, my dear friend Joseph Tacopina, fresh off his appearance this morning on Good Morning America, and he'll be on with Rosanna Scotto on Channel 5 coming up at 840. He was all over Cohen last night with Sean Hannity on Fox News. It was really gorgeous, gorgeous. So let's play some of these before Tac actually comes on. Joe Tacopina, Lou Rapino, cut number six. They're embracing Michael Cohen as their witness in this case, their star witness. This is really one of the most disgraceful human beings in our history. Everything they've done here is to gain attention. It's not for the right motives. There is no one that could ever convince me that this man was not just charged to affect the elections, the effect of free election in this country. And that's scary to me. Here's one more Takapina saying, let me tell you something, folks. You think you've won with this? Oh, it going to backfire. Joe Tacopina cut number five. This will backfire because we're going to win this case. We will humiliate them. And they will, they will, they will, they will pay the price for bending the rule of law. Justice will prevail in this case. Don't forget, uh, that is a live studio audience that Sean Hannity does his show from. So they, uh, they were great. They were great uh, clapping there for Joe Tacopina, getting all excited there for Joe Tacopina. That was great. I tell you what I like, too, is this uh, Jonathan Turley. 
I really, really like this guy. He's another attorney. He was on Fox last night, and he was outraged, as every decent American. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent. If you are not outraged today, you either suffer from Trump derangement syndrome or you're a lousy American. John Turley was pissed. Here's cut number seven. It is. It's historic. It's not necessarily good history uh, that is being made. It's not that I oppose the indictment of a former president. I don't even oppose the indictment of a sitting president on constitutional basis. But this uh, indictment, if it is reportedly following the theory that we've been talking about, is political. It's a raw political prosecution. Now, the indictment may come out with a crime that none of us have heard of, but for many months... This bootstrapping theory has been put out there. This idea that you could take a misdemeanor under New York law that has expired, that has a two-year statute of limitations, and revive it by connecting it to a federal crime, in this case, the federal election violation. Now, there's a host of problems with that. First of all, it's a federal crime that the Department of Justice chose not to prosecute. Uh, Bragg's own predecessor declined to prosecute. Uh, but he is attempting to bootstrap that federal crime into a state case. And if that is the basis for the indictment, I think it's rather outrageous. I think it's, it's legally pathetic. You heard uh, Rudy Giuliani yesterday, the great mayor, Rudy Giuliani, on John Katsimatidi's show talk about statute of limitations. This is now seven years old. He got five years, so this went out two years ago. You heard John Turley say the same thing. Here's another great attorney who will also join me today, coming up at 9.05 this morning, Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax yesterday, talking about this once again should be thrown out, and maybe Takapina as we speak He's trying to get that done, should be thrown out due to the statute of limitations. Alan Dershowitz, cut number 12. You make a motion immediately to dismiss on statute of limitations grounds and on the grounds that uh, the, the alleged crime doesn't fit the, the misdemeanor or the felony. Now, I haven't seen the indictment, obviously, so I'm talking in general terms. But in general right. terms, you make a motion to dismiss on both statutory grounds and statute of limitations grounds. And the statute of limitations grounds should prevail. Now, the New York Court of Appeals has had very negative rulings on that, so it's impossible to predict what will happen. There it is, Alan Dershowitz. So we're going to talk to uh, Donald Trump's attorney, my dear friend of 43 years, Sean Hannity, last night. Good morning, America. Earlier this morning, Channel 5, Rosanna Scotto coming up at 840. He's everywhere. Joseph Takapina, so proud of him. He's going to join me next. Right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Radio 77 WABC. 
Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Their entire case hinges on someone who lied to Congress, Michael Cohen, a disgraced former attorney, um, who last week, you may have seen a, a letter come out from 2018 from uh, Michael Cohen's attorneys at the time saying none of these payments, the specific payment in question, should ever be considered anything to do with the campaign. It negates the whole case right there. But here we are. We're going to see it all play out. And Joe Tacopina is incredible. He's going to do an amazing job. He already has done that. And so, look, we're all watching. We're all waiting. We all know there's no crime. Um, But this is a really, really sad time for this country. Um, But I'll tell you one thing. There's no one better to fight against it and stand up to it than Donald J. Trump. Well, how about that? Larry Trump on with me about an hour ago saying Joe Tacopina is amazing. He's the man. He's going to win. I know, uh, Tac, uh, you were great on Hannity last night, Joe. I loved it. You know, uh, Jimmy Breslin, the very famous writer, his son Kevin is a Democrat, Democrat, but loves this show because he's an open-minded guy. He watched you on Good Morning America. He thought you were great. Now you're going on with Rosanna Scott on Channel 5 later on this morning. So thank you for uh, putting some time out for me this morning. But how about Larry Trump coming out telling you you're great? You like that, Joseph? Very nice. I mean, she's terrific. They, Eric and Lara are just really two special people. Um, you know, they, they really are there. They're, they're, I feel so bad for that family, what they're going through right now. I mean, they're being victimized like their father is, and, and it's it's unfair. It's a political yeah. persecution in the first degree. But so I just want to give Lou a, a shout-out and thanks. He, you know, the, 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 you were playing like a lot, a lot of Lionel Richie, like, intro music <laughs> for me. It's not my thing. Lou and I had a chat at the Ranger game the other night, so he did the Beastie Boys, and, and I really, Lou, I got you. Thank you. Yeah, that, he man. did say to me, he goes, Tacopina wants the Beastie Boys. He likes the Grateful Dead. So exactly. Lou Rapino took care boys, of you. Yeah. yeah, he took care of you. He's great. Uh, let's get right to this. Uh, I was surprised yesterday. I had heard yesterday morning the grand jury was not going to reconvene until maybe Thanksgiving, and it seemed like after Costello's testimony, all the work you've done, that this is going to go away, that Bragg had no case. I'm not going to lie to you. I was floored when this came out yesterday afternoon. What about you? Yeah, I was floored, too. I was in jeans and a T-shirt. I was unshaven. I mean, there was a uh, <laughs> did some head fake there. Yeah, in a week, uh, a month from now, we'll get back together. And, you know, sort of they like, okay, so great. Congratulations. They did another misdirection on this case. <laughs> they did. Um, but, and, 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 and you were great last night talking about Cohen. I mean, we'll start with Alvin Bragg first, okay? He, uh, he has put together this case. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird case in that, I guess he's trying to take what he thought would be a federal issue, which is not obviously, turn it into a state issue. Explain to people in the simplest terms, Joe Tacopina, without seeing the indictment, it's still sealed, without seeing it, what is Alvin Bragg trying to prove here legally against your client? Well, what he's trying to prove is that district attorneys can be dangerous. Um, you know, they can indict their political enemies, and, and that's not what we do in this country. You know, really dangerous the rule of law for all Americans. Today, it's Donald Trump. Tomorrow, it's uh, a Democrat. The day after, say it's, uh, you know, your son, your daughter, my cousin. Um, and it, that's what's scary. What What they're saying is there's a campaign law violation, okay, which could not be further from the truth. First of all, let me, let me try and simplify this. This was a federal campaign. Okay, and the federal government 
has jurisdiction over that. The FEC, which governs federal campaigns, has said there's been no violation. Bradley Smith, the former chairman during this time period, has been all over the network saying there is no violation. This is not a campaign finance issue. And, and you know, it's simply something that is, is jaw-dropping, that this is what they're taking the, 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 the first indictment of a, a former president of this country down on. And it's something that is, is really, really frightening and scary that they're actually going to try and do this. But I think, you know, unfortunately, I think the rule of law has died today in this country. And it's a sad thing because it's not easy to get back mm-hmm. to, to following rule of law. And yeah. what this is about is two things. There's a, a When someone's involved in a campaign, you have two ways to pay campaign expenses, personally or with campaign funds. If, it goes, if it's a campaign you know, issue, you pay with campaign funds as you're allowed to do. Clearly, Donald Trump did not deem this to be a campaign expenditure. He paid with personal funds. So that's the first well, thing. Well, did he pay with personal funds because the story that broke this week was he's even further removed because Michael Cohen actually paid. Yeah, well, you got it, Sid. I mean, that's the, the first instance, right? Michael Cohen negotiated this settlement with this other lawyer named Davidson, a guy who was initially arrested by the FBI for the Hulk Hogan extortion. Um, you know, so he was at it again with the Stormy Daniels case. He and and Cohen, without Trump's knowledge in the first instance, resolved this, this case, uh, which happens every day in every state in this country. You resolve civil, claim, civil claims with a confidentiality agreement and a nuisance settlement. That was resolved where Michael Cohen decided, you know, he wanted to be a hero. He wanted to be in the White House. He wanted to be Donald Trump's protector. He decided he was going to go out and, and take out a home equity loan, resolve this case. <laughs> then, which he did, by the way, he signed the settlement agreement, not the president. The president did not sign the settlement agreement. So he then goes out and, and, and you know, on his own, resolves this case. And then over the course of a year, put that settlement plus taxes and interest and other legal fees into a bill that was over $400,000, four times the amount of the settlement. And he invoiced for legal fees. These were, in fact, legal fees in, in large part, and it was a resolution of a legal settlement. So, you know, it's a legal case. So there's nothing unusual about that. But understand this. So he's removed from that, but eventually he paid Cohen uh, certain monies. But personal monies, not campaign right. fund money. Right, right. So then when you get to personal monies, the law is this statutorily. When you're talking about federal election campaign, it's if it's personal money, would that money have been spent or that payment have been made irrespective of the campaign, irrespective? And the answer to this question is obviously yes. This was a civil resolution to prevent his family, himself, from being subject to personal embarrassment by a claim that he claims is false, as Stormy Daniels has claimed is false, by the way. Um, so that's what this is. Mm-hmm. So there is no – can you imagine – had Donald Trump, Trump paid for these um, expenditures in this case with campaign funds, they would be baying for his right. scalp. Well, they would have had him. I mean, the, but the FEC would have had him years ago. They looked into it already. So clearly he didn't do that. Right. So He didn't do it. And here's right. the other key. See, one other point for your listeners, because I know your audience is, obviously has a high IQ and will understand this. This is so important. They're charging false business records. They were never filed anywhere. You know, you could write whatever you want in your own personal bank ledger as long as you don't have a filing obligation. So he didn't take a tax deduction for those. He didn't file them with the FEC as a campaign, you know, finance uh, obligation because there was none. So they're personal records. You could write, I bought a house, and and instead you bought a a dog. It doesn't (laughs) matter what you put in your personal records, right? Right, right? But unless there's a filing obligation. So 
they weren't false entries, but even if they were, it doesn't matter. There was no filing obligation. They have so many layers to get yeah. through before they could make this a legally viable case. It's sickening to me. It really is. And then uh, you're right. So Alvin Bragg has his work cut out from, from the very beginning. And then to rely on Michael Cohen as your star witness when, forget about it, this guy's gone to prison. He's a felon. I don't remember the last time there was a case of this magnitude where the star witness was a felon. He is more than a felon. He has a pathological need for media attention. Um, you know, now he's talking about democracy, democracy. I mean, this guy was convicted of a slew of criminal conduct and crimes, all having to do with lying. OK, not not just regarding Donald Trump. He was convicted of lying to Congress, lying to the bank regarding his tax and medallion fraud, uh, tax evasion, lying to the IRS. Uh, according to him now, he lied to the FEC when he sent that letter saying there was no campaign finance violation. Um, he is a pathological yeah. liar. Hmm. Um, someone who seems to think very highly of himself and seems to have little awareness of his, <laughs> his the perception of his, his character or his limitations. And it's really unbelievable. He appears constitutionally incapable of telling the same story twice in the same way. That is so well said. I, I don't know yeah. how you make a case on this guy, not to mention he thinks, according to him, he thinks it's okay to rape your wife. That's what he said. We have a tape recording of that. Yep. This is their witness. This is their star witness. This is the person MSNBC is putting on every day as the, the bastion of democracy. <laughs> the person who, you know, the, and that's a big Me Too you know, movement network and everything else, and, and I'm all for that. I really am. But when you have a guy who's actually going around in 2018 saying it's not a crime to rape your wife, the law right. says so. That law was repealed in 1984. So I guess Michael Cohen hadn't studied the, the statutes in the last 40 years. Wow. But, but the fact yeah. that he would even He's been in jail that for utter that <laughs> is, is, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's despicable. The whole thing is utterly despicable. And, and what's worse, what's worse, this guy is now on television taking victory laps like know. some hero. Yeah. He is a disbarred, disgraced criminal. That's what he is. And, and for him now to go on TV, what he did last night was stunning to me. He went on uh, CNN, you know, where, where he's you know, a star, and, and he denied last night ever committing tax fraud, even though he pled guilty under oath in the federal <laughs> court. So, you know, here's a guy who, oh, who has now just admitted as of, I don't know, 20 hours ago yeah. that he committed perjury when he pled guilty. Good luck building your case on this guy. And I cannot wait to have the opportunity to cross-examine Michael Cohen. There's oh, you're going to no kill him. You're going to kill him. There'll be no meat left on that bone. Oh, no, no. The, the fact that we have to get there is, is, is honestly sickening. Yeah. Uh, what an unfair fight this is. And uh, you received a rousing round of applause on Hannity's show last night when you said, I'm ready to humiliate and kill this guy, which you will do. You're going to run circles around to make him look really, really bad. Curious, how long after the indictment was announced did you speak to President Trump? Oh, within, within the hour, less, less than an hour. Within the hour. Uh, so one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of the things that Sean Hannity kept bringing up last night, which I did think was interesting, was how could they possibly come up with 30-plus charges in this? How was that possible? Yeah, you know, again, we have it. You know, I get most of my information from the news in this case. You know, the New York Times generally tells me what's happening, and uh, they they run that story. Uh, we don't know if that's in fact true, but if it is true, all that means is they took every payment and every entry and, 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 and made it a single standalone count. I guess we have to wait and see. We have not been notified of what they, we've asked, but they won't tell us what the charges are. Okay. Um, when it's unsealed, we'll find that out. Is there any chance, being that Ron DeSantis uh, is defending Donald Trump here, 
Trump's got to remember that. He said, I'm not going to extradite Donald Trump. I'm not going to send a marshal to his house. I'm not doing anything. So is there any chance that if DeSantis doesn't do that, that Trump decides, you know what? I'm not going to New York. DeSantis, the governor, is not going to make me go. This is a bullcrap case. I'm not going to go. Any chance that happens? I don't, I don't see that happening at all. Look, he's a, he's a fighter, Donald Trump. His, his knees don't buckle, um, you know, and he's not going to, you know, I don't think bunker down in, in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, look, this is a, in large part, said the Secret Service has to weigh in here. It's their, really their issue. It's their show. Um, and so, you know, the movement of a, of a protected uh, individual will have to be ultimately, you know, condoned or blessed by the Secret Service. So I don't know what's going to happen, but the plan is not to, you know, uh, have a standoff. Right. So, sure. so 30 seconds going to you about to go on Channel 5 with Rosanna Scottle. Uh, you said last night, and I couldn't agree more with Sean, this will backfire. You're going to kill Cohen, and you will, Tacopini. You're going to kill him, and you're going to win this case. You're going to win this, and this will backfire and make Donald Trump stronger than ever. You still feel the same exact way this morning. I mean, just I, I look, I'm not a political guy necessarily, Sid. I'm a litigator. But you look at these poll numbers, they seem to be going up every day. The more the more I heard Alan Dershowitz say, though, they're going to use his mugshot as a campaign. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you think that the reason why they, they were so quick to indict him yesterday was because they've been watching these polls? Oh, I, I, I don't think they, they even understand the polls. If they're okay. watching the polls, what they should have done was say, we're sorry, never right. mind, <laughs> and move on. Right. Um, but that can't happen. Look, this is a scary, scary time in this country. And I'll, I'll end with this. There is a great, and this is an important thing, and that, it's an analogy that I want to make just for you. You know, Norton, uh, Martin Neymoller was, was a, a really prominent Lutheran pastor in Germany during the 20s and 30s, and initially he sympathized with the Nazi ideas and, and supported radically right-wing political movements. But after Hitler came to power in 33, Neymoller became an outspoken critic of Hitler, really, you know, and, and his interference with the Protestant church. And he spent many years condoning him. And then he said something that is a great, really, analogy, unfortunately, for where we are in this country today. He said, first they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was mm. not a Jew. Mm. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Wow. That's wow. what – I get goosebumps when I say yeah, that because too. it feels yeah. too real right Oof. now. Wow. You know, today it's Donald Trump. Tomorrow it could be some Democrat by some Republican prosecutor. The day after that could be one of our relatives. I mean, it's – the rule of law has died in this country just now, and it makes me feel – Ill, mm. to be quite frank with you. What an ending. My God, Joe, that really was amazing. I uh, love you to pieces. I'm so proud of you and so proud of the work you're doing. You're, you're helping this country in, in such a huge way. So uh, go get them uh, with Rosanna. Keep talking out there. Good luck with Trump early next week. I love you. We'll talk again later on this afternoon. Thank you, buddy. Okay, brother. My man. There he is, the great defense attorney. Uh, really the smartest hire Donald Trump ever made, i got to be honest. Bringing on Joseph Tacopino was the smartest thing Donald Trump ever did. And uh, thank you for that. We are going to talk to another great American, Judge Jeanine Pirro. What a show today. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
we've had a spectacular show already. First of all, check out my post. I think you'll like it on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. Follow me today. Got a good post up. Calling out relatives and friends and White Lake Holmes. <laughs> these idiots. I mean, I spent my whole life with these people, 40-plus years, but they're just they're morons. They're complete morons. And they're Jews, mind you. Jews. So, what? Jews. Should be a great get-together. I hate uh, Donald Trump. Of course, in the summertime. Oh, you should hate him. All he's done is move the embassy to Jerusalem, recognize the Golan Heights as a part of Israel, had a great relationship with Bibi Netanyahu, unlike Obama and Biden. You know, you should hate him. Seriously. Didn't give millions and millions and millions of dollars Pakistan so they can fund Hamas. What do you hate about him, you dumb bastards? What do you hate about him? African Americans made more money than they ever did. Cares what John Legend says. That is a statistical fact. Read the poll, Jack. When George Floyd died, the first thing he said was that was unfortunate. But what he didn't bow down? He's not he's not okay with a statue in Brooklyn, either am I. What do you hate about him? Joe Biden? Inflation, supply chain issues, a race divide that's even worse than when Trump was in charge. Going back to Obama, that was the the guy, of course, where Black Lives Matter started. So I was on this uh, Fox News binge last night because uh, I love uh, Janine Pirro. I love her. I used to come in and do my sports show early on Sunday mornings so I can just talk to Janine. She does a radio show on uh, Sunday mornings here, you know. And, uh, in fact, just last week, I was on Brian Kilmeade's fine show, One Nation, Saturday nights on Fox News. And I uh, bumped into Janine in the makeup room. And we had a really good conversation. And I think she's my favorite. I mean, I love Tucker Carlson in terms of on-air. But Janine is my favorite on-air and off-air, like Kilmeade personality. So I was on this uh, Fox News binge yesterday from the five straight through Brett Bear, Bear. And then I even watched uh, Jesse Waters, and Jesse tends to annoy the hell out of me. He just does. He's annoying. Todd loves himself. He's, he's okay, fine. But she was great on Jesse Waters last night. I mean, Janine was great. I almost cried. And I texted her right away and said, you got to come on tomorrow. I watched all of Tucker. I even watched all of Sean. I never do that. Never. But I was just so captivated by the story, I couldn't shut it off. But here she is, the talented Fox News, on and off the air, a wonderful lady, the great George Jeanine Pirro. Hi, sweetie. Good morning. How are you? Well, you know, I'm a little sad today. Uh, you know, it's all pretty much settled in, Sid. And, uh, you know, this is... Uh, this is really the takedown of America. You know, there are several ways to look at what has happened. You can look at it politically. You can look at it legally. Uh, I can do both because I've run for office five times. I've been a DA and a, a prosecutor and a judge. And I can look at it as an American. And as an American, this is a fundamental takedown of our American system of justice. What we have witnessed, and this is just the icing on the case, is a man who for seven years 
They have hated him, targeted him, hunted him, and their hysteria even earned them a, a, a psychological disorder, the Trump derangement syndrome. And they have impeached him. They impeached him over a Russia collusion delusion that Hillary Clinton created with a dossier that she paid for with campaign funds that she deducted as legal expenses to Perkins Coy. But did she get indicted? No. And that wasn't, you know, that that was campaign funds. But I'm not going to do a whataboutism. What I'm going to tell you is that this DA is a Soros DA. Now, what does that mean? What that means is that his mission is not to prosecute criminals. His mission is not to protect the victim. His mission is to let criminals out of jail and the, you know, to hell with the victims. Collateral damages be what they be. And as someone who's been in the criminal justice system for 32 years, I can tell you that this kind of prosecutor, we see them all over the country, this kind of prosecutor will, will take down cities. They will remove peace and safety. They will de- decrease the value of your home. Your business will not be able to survive. This is a fundamental takedown of this country. These are people who hate capitalism. They hate the criminal justice system. They hate the fact that we have a merit society where the people who are the best rise to the top and the people who work the hardest get something for their efforts. These are people who are part of a party that is in in power. And if you're not part of their party in power, they're going to take you down a weaponized government. Do I even need to go to Matt Taibbi, who just a few days ago, the IRS shows up at his home when he's about to testify about the FBI colluding with social media companies about hiding the fact that, that Hunter Biden Uh, had all kinds of money, and Joe Biden was involved in communist China and the monies that his son received. I mean, this is the weaponization of government. Do you send a SWAT team to a a pastor's house on a case that is so weak that the jury acquits within a day? I mean, this is as bad as it gets, and we have turned a corner. This is the destruction of the country. This is a crime against America. Our forefathers are weeping. And the only man that our enemies fear is a man that's being taken down by some two-bit prosecutor and by some ideologues who hate a man who improves every metric in this country, from the more African Americans being employed, more women being employed. Our enemies feared us. They respected us. They took Crimea when Obama was president. They invaded Ukraine when when Biden was president. Did they touch anything when Trump was president? Absolutely not. But what does the left do? The only man that our enemies fear, they decide they're going to take him down. And that's why this is a sad day for our country. The case is a piece of garbage. That would be like me as the DA in Westchester saying, I'm going to prosecute a federal crime. They'd laugh at me and say, hey, Janine. Are you going to do it in Washington? Are you going to do it in White Plains? Are you going to put on a federal jacket or a state jacket? This is a joke. And, you know, the fact that Donald Trump is the toughest man uh, that I this country has ever seen is, is willing to continue to fight for us says a great deal about what this country has been through. And uh, the, the case, it's substantive, evidence-wise, is garbage. It's not going anywhere. 
This is why I wanted you on this morning. You just went on a four-minute rant that you're never going to see the rest of the day on any TV show, any other radio show. Absolutely brilliant. And I only have a couple minutes to go here, but here's the good news. You're right, Janine. It's a very, very sad day. It's a tragic day. But this is a four-quarter football game, and right now we're in the first quarter which means in the second half, that's going to be Donald Trump's comeback. And when Joe Tacopina beats the living daylights out of Michael Cohen, and when Donald Trump is exonerated from this ridiculous crime and goes on to win the presidency, we still win the game in the fourth quarter. That's the good news. Well, you know what? I don't think there's any question but that the left. And, and don't underestimate for one minute that this is just about a local DA. This is the left starting with Joe Biden. Look, our economy's in the tank, and we've got a war in Ukraine that we were too late to give them weapons on. And I could go on and on about, you know, you got classified documents. Joe Biden had classified documents when he wasn't allowed to even take them out of the the, uh, situation, the uh, uh, skiff. Right. So, I mean, we're covering all this up, but they have guaranteed, they have guaranteed since, that Donald Trump will be the uh, the nominee for the Republican Party. There ain't two ways about that one. I totally agree. Listen, thank you for taking some time out this morning. You've been everywhere. Great on the five. Great on Jesse. I'm sure you've got a busy day ahead of you today. But I needed you to make this morning show perfect today, so thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll be on ABC Sunday at 11. Goodbye. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> she just said goodbye like Cindy Adams does it. You know, Cindy does it. Bye. But uh, she is great. Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. It's an amazing show. Judge Jeanine Pirro. And, of course, check her out every day, 5 p.m. weekdays on Fox News. She's a star of that show. I don't want to hear about Gutfeld. Stop. Stop, please. Or Waters or Dana, all fine people. But the star is Judge Janine. All right, we'll take a short break. So a lot more to do, folks. Not even nearly done with brilliant attorney Alan Dershowitz, whose new book, ironically, is entitled Get Trump. He's going to join us and the best columnist in the country from the New York Post, Miranda Devine. All that's still to come on this epic Friday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me. That's us. Sitting friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. D-Ball!
Lennon says it very, very well here. Nobody told me there'd be days like these, eight days a week. Well, it's been a great show already today with Morano and Slee. We're early, but Lara Trump was so good on this show earlier this morning. Thank you, Lara Trump. Gordon Chang, we just spoke to Joseph Tacopina, my dear friend of 43 years, and Judge Janine Pirro. But I was watching uh, Hannity last night, and other than my dear friend Tacopina being on, my next best moment was uh, Alan Dershowitz was on with Greg Jarrett, and Alan Dershowitz wrote a new book. And how ironic is it, the name of Dersh's book is Get Trump. And at one point during the conversation between Hannity and Dersh, because we're close now, I mean, Alan, call him Dersh, between Hannity and Dersh, he actually held up his book and said, get Trump. So here he is, maybe the greatest constitutional lawyer ever, and a dear friend of mine in this program, the great Alan Dershowitz. Alan, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. We're going to see a very busy Verrazano Bridge in the next few months because I think this case is going to be moved to Staten Island. You cannot try Donald Trump in Manhattan, where close to 90 percent of the voters voted against him, and where judges and jurors would be terribly concerned about coming home and saying, I'm the guy who freed Trump so he can run and become the next president. You know, what happened to me on Martha's Vineyard losing all my friends because I defended them in front of the Senate. It is nothing compared to what would happen to a juror or judge in Manhattan who came back to his friends and family and said, I'm the guy. Listen, I I agree with you. uh, And Larry David didn't help me either, by the way, in Martha's opinion. But uh, but I heard you make this point last night with Sean. And you know that Takapine and I are best friends for 43 years. He was just on right before you. Yeah. Uh, but but can he, whoever's actually uh, doing this case, can they actually change the venue? Yeah, sure. All you have to do is make a motion to change the venue. It's a constitutional motion. It has to be a fair uh, trial. Uh, look, this is a Mickey Mouse case. We haven't seen the indictment. Maybe they have a videotape of him shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue. But short <laughs> of that, when you have a DA who ran as a Democrat on the campaign pledge to get Trump going after the man who's going to run against the head of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, who I voted for and intend to vote for again, you damn well had a, better have a slam dunk case. And I haven't seen the indictment. Maybe they do, but it's unlikely. It seems they have this kind of paper case where they have to staple together various statutes. Now, they have a pretty strong case against someone. Whoever leaked this, the fact that the grand jury voted for an indictment. Now, it's unlikely it was Trump because that took him by great surprise. So it's probably somebody in Bragg's office, somebody who was on the grand jury or somebody who was in the grand jury room. So here you have Bragg having a crime committed right in his building, and he's not doing anything. Hmm. Instead, he's trying to manufacture a case against against Trump. One other point that's very important. He claims, I'm sure he'll claim, I couldn't have gotten them earlier. Yeah, this is a five-year statute of limitations. But he was out of the state. He was in the White House. I can't indict him if he's out of the state. Well, duh, they indicted him while he was out of the state. He's in Florida. <laughs> and how can they now say they yeah. couldn't have indicted him over the last seven years? I don't know how they can do that, and that does beg the question because uh, Rudy Giuliani, our dear friend, was talking about this with John Katsimatidis yesterday, that, as you just said, the statute of limitations ran out two years ago. 
So doesn't that, if I'm Joe Tacopina, do I not go this morning and try to have the whole thing dismissed just based on that? Well, you can do that, yeah. Um, There are so many motions he can make. Uh, He's going to be a very busy man. But as he said himself, any first-year law student could win this case. You don't need a Joe Tacopina to win this case if the name wasn't Trump and if it wasn't Manhattan. If this were John Smith in Atlanta, Georgia, any first-year student could win this case. Uh, But because it's in Manhattan and because it's Donald Trump, it's going to be difficult. The jury might very well acquit, just like this grand jury, which would indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wanted him to, indicted Donald Trump only because the prosecutor wanted to. The grand jury wasn't even shown all the evidence. They never, they never, Bragg didn't want to put Costello in front of the grand jury. Costello virtually burst into the grand jury room and said, I'm here. I want, to, I want people to listen to me. And then he, apparently Bragg withheld hundreds of emails. Uh, that uh, Costello wanted the grand jury to hear. So grand juries today don't protect the rights of defendants, as was intended by the framers of the Bill of Rights. What they do is they are simply adjuncts to the prosecutor's offices. There are 23 chairs that get moved around by prosecutors. Alan Dershowitz, you got to get his book, Get Trump. How apropos, how ironic uh, this morning. We'll get to your book coming up. I thought you did a really good job of trying to explain a question that Hannity kept bringing up last night to every attorney, including you and Takapina, which is how in the hell can they possibly come up with 30 plus charges for Donald Trump? uh, If in fact that's true, when he's arraigned early next week, how can they do that? I thought you explained it pretty well without seeing the sealed indictment. How do they do that? Yeah. Well, it's it's very easy. You just take every transaction, every check, every payment, make it into a separate crime. You know, my parents were, were pretty poor, so we would buy a salami, and the whole salami, you know, would be about, what, eight inches long. And then my mother would get a very sharp knife and cut the salami into 36 pieces. Uh, that's what prosecutors do. They take a case. And they slice it and dice it and make it, you know, so you have 34, 36 counts. It's meaningless. Uh, You know, the the case is the case, and it doesn't matter how many counts there are. They're trying to do that, perhaps, to get within the statute of limitations. But, you know, it might hurt them because if you have 36 counts, some of them won't be within the statute of limitations. Maybe there was a payment made within the last uh, five years. I I haven't seen the record of it. But it's an easy thing to do. Prosecutors always okay, do. They gotcha. slice and dice and make 34 cases. Okay, so the, my favorite moment of the whole show last night was uh, Takapina attacked Michael Cohen. You attacked Michael Cohen. He's a felon. He's a pathological liar. And he's Alvin Bragg's star witness. You know right off the bat that Alvin Bragg has a bad case. But forget about that. You made it personal. You made it personal with Michael Cohen. And you claimed last night. On Fox News, you're about to sue Michael Cohen for defamation. Can you confirm that with me, Sid, right here, right now? Absolutely. He put out a tweet essentially accusing me of uh, being with underage girls on Epstein's Island. Obviously, even the woman who initially accused me has now admitted that she may have made a mistake. When did he he tweet that? When did he tweet that? Uh, Just yesterday, the day before, after I had attacked his credibility. And... uh, you know, I never was on Jeffrey Epstein's island when there was any young girls there. The only time I was on his island was with my wife and my daughter. I think a month after he bought the island, it was completely empty. Nobody was there except some staff people. And so he made up this whole story 
in order to get even with me for telling the truth about his lack of credibility, but I'm not going to let him get away with it. I mean, he can't go around accusing me of things. So I am uh, notifying my lawyers. And, you know, I have a great lawyer, Arthur Ardella, um, as you, you know who he is. Of course. And, and Imran Ansari. And uh, we're going to get busy. And um, I've notified um, – I've, I've already notified uh, 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 Michael Cohen's lawyers. So wow. we're in business here. And, uh, you know, we'll have a chance to cross-examine him. We'll have a chance to ask him what the basis is for his totally, totally defamatory and mendacious statement. And, you know, that proves, by the way, that he didn't suddenly stop lying. This is, this, the actual tweet he has against me will be used, I think, by Joe, because it shows that he hasn't stopped lying. He's still lying. He lied yesterday and the day before yesterday about me. So how can you, how can you believe he's going to tell the truth about Donald Trump? By the way, me, me, right, yeah. uh, me, Arthur Idala, and Joseph Tacopina all attended Poly Prep together. Arthur was the year behind me and Joseph, but we were all buddies going back over forty years ago at Poly Prep. That's how how date uh, how far we date back. So, what Audie, great school that was? I when yeah. I grew up in Borough Park in Brooklyn, that was the school yeah. everybody wanted to get into. Poly yep. Prep. Yep. Uh, my parents at Media Yeshiva, but uh, well, you know what's funny? Uh, you know what's funny about that is uh, I went to Poly Prep. And all my friends were Italian. Joe Tacopina, yeah. Danny Fagliano, yeah. Michael Del Corso, uh, even some uh, Lebanese kids like Gary Hanna. And my mother yeah. one day said, don't you have any Jewish friends? I said, Mom, there are four Jews in my class. Adam Levy, Eddie Gerstenfeld, me, and one, one more guy. So they took me out of Polly in the 10th grade and sent me to Yeshiva. And I spent the last three years, like Which you, one? Solomon Schechter in Brooklyn. Oh, that's a great, that's a great yeshiva. Look, growing up in Borough Park, there's no difference between Jews and Italians. <laughs> Our mothers and grandmothers would sit on the street corner complaining about the children. We're losing our tradition. What's happening to our children? You know, Italians and Jews were the same people. So uh, your, your parents uh, shouldn't have taken you out of Polly. I know. It's a great school. But I had great experiences yeah. with both Polly and the yeshiva. But, you know, you talk about the parents complaining about the kids. And we're hearing a lot of complaints today, Alan. Joe Tacopino on this show 40 minutes ago said, the Lord died Yesterday, some say, oh, you're being overly dramatic. Calm down. It's not uh-huh. great, but it's not that bad. Did the law die yesterday? No, no, it didn't die, but it's in the emergency ward. And I'm <laughs> one of the doctors, and I'm going to try to revive it. I want the law to remain alive as long as I remain alive. And for many hundreds of years after that, we've worked too hard. So, no, uh, lawyers like me and Joe and Arthur Ardella are going to resuscitate the law. Uh, it's in bad shape, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's not right. uh, dead. You know, when I was on Arthur's show last night, and he and I have in common uh, our love for Frank Sinatra. He has a Frank Sinatra room in his lost. So I sang on his show. Uh, you know, when I was eighty-four, <laughs> it was a terrible year for the law. So uh, you know, yeah, you gotta funny. have you gotta yeah. have a sense of humor. About everything. Of course. Even a sad and event. You thing. need to do that with uh, Joe Piscopo on this station on Sunday nights when he does I'm his Sinatra show. I'm yeah. going to do it. Look, he, this, he, I, Piscopo, I tell you, I close my eyes. I listen to Piscopo, and it's Frank Sinatra. Oh, I know. No, he's, he's, it's amazing how close he is to Frank. You know, but one yeah. thing I, I, that struck me earlier in the interview, and you're an honest guy. I love you. 
you know, you voted for Hillary. You're not a, a Trump guy. You didn't vote for Trump. But, no. but, but you're the first to defend him. And you have many times when he's being treated unfairly. And you said, look, you know, I voted for Biden and I'll do it again. What if you find out? What if Biden comes out today? Biden comes out today and goes, you know what? Good for Trump. He deserves this. You're still going to be okay with Joe Biden? I'm not okay with a lot of things Joe Biden has done. I'm not okay with his views on Israel. I'm not okay with his putting down of Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, I'm not okay with a lot of things about Donald Trump when it comes to elections on the election day. Uh, I look at the ballot. I decide who's best, who's less best, who's worst, and I cast my vote. But I've never voted for a candidate, never. I've said, wow, this guy's perfect. Even John Kennedy, my first vote. I knew the problems that John Kennedy and Kennedy's father and the Kennedy's family had. You never vote for the perfect candidate. You vote for the candidate who's less bad than the other candidate. But do you vote strictly Democrat? Because if you, no. you could, no. So, no, 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 so no, it's no. possible, it's well, possible, yeah. it's possible you'll come to the realization, possible, that <laughs> Biden is the worst candidate. Is it possible? Anything's possible. Anything's <laughs> possible. You know, in the last election, my wife videotaped me voting for Joe Biden, um, because she wasn't completely sure that I would do that. <laughs> Not fair. So let me ask- I have a videotape proving it was an absentee ballot because I'm a resident of Florida. Right. And uh, so I was uh, filling in the blanks, and she got a videotape. That's of it. cute. I like that. I like that. So on the way out, look, you said it perfectly. He doesn't even need Joe Takapina for this, President Trump. Any first-year law student can win this case. Being Alvin Bragg, uh, there's no crime here and then of course the star witness is a felon but let's play the complete devil's advocate a crazy hypothetical and say they got a chance they can win this they've got they've got that video you're talking about uh what is donald trump facing if in fact he's guilty here well he's not guilty and you can read all about it and get trump i go through each of the charges against him and prove conclusively that there are no crimes there but even if he were to be convicted he's not guilty but if he were to be convicted which is possible uh, he likely would not get jail time. But even if he did, he could run for president. Eugene G. Debs ran for president from prison. Mayor Curley ran for mayor uh, from prison. The right. Constitution provides you know, four criteria for running for president. One of them does not include um, uh, uh, being convicted. Right. Now, if they can prove that he fought in the Civil War against the North and committed sedition, they have him completely cold to rights. Oh, but if they can't prove that, they're in trouble. Well, let me, on the way out, then, that's funny. Talking about Get Trump, and, he, and you talk in the book, how he's not guilty. For folks who have not gotten the book yet, and I'm sure there's going to be a huge there's run. No excuse to right, that. No right, excuse especially to that. today. Amazon.com, you'll right. have the book tomorrow. Well, what else, what else are people going to read in the book that will enlighten them? Oh, well, they'll read uh, so much about what's happening to his lawyers, about how there's been this enormous campaign from beginning to end to do to get Trump and anybody associated with him. There's this Project 65, which is a bunch of radical left wing lawyers that are going after lawyers uh, like Judy Giuliani and like me and filing bar charges against us. What, what's my crime? I defended President Trump in front of the United States Senate. By the way, the oldest person in American history ever to defend the president in front of the Senate. So I was the youngest person ever to be a professor, the oldest person ever to defend the president. Wow. Those are not bad parentheses no. around my That's long pretty good. Uh, that lawyer. is pretty good. And then, and then what can we expect this lawsuit, Dershowitz suing uh, Michael Cohen today? 
I, you have to ask my lawyers, but, uh, you know, we'll file something uh, fairly soon, and we have to figure out where to file it, where he said it, where he lives. You know, there are a lot of little technicalities, and we want to make sure we have a slam-dunk case. Alan Dershowitz, you're the best. I love what you're on the show. You do a great job. You've been great everywhere else I've seen in the last couple of days and, quite frankly, 70 years. So thank you so much for coming on today. Let's do it again very soon. I love being on your show. It reminds me of growing up in Brooklyn, and uh, a little nostalgia is always a good thing. Ah, Thank you, Alan. God bless you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. You you too. That's a big deal. When Alan Dershowitz says, I love being on your show, that's a very, very big deal for me. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I guess we'll take a short break, right? We still have Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist, coming up. Been a um, pretty good show, wouldn't you say? John Lennon. Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Eight days a week, bitch. Everybody's crying. I know I leave the ground. Well, everybody's crying. I know it makes a sound. There's a place for us in movies. You just gotta lay around. In the morning, 77 WABC. <laughs> Another Australian band. I know my dear friend Miranda Devine. Went to see uh, The Church, Under the Milky Way, and Metropolis and all those great songs at the Gramercy Theater last night. But this is another Australian band, In Excess, for the great Australian herself. I have decided she's the best columnist in the country, and she worked for the same paper as Michael Goodwin, and he's great. But she'd be the best. She's Miranda Devine. She joins me right now. Miranda, how are you? How was that concert last night? Hi, Sid. It was great, thank you. Although I did miss um, uh, my favourite song there under the Milky Way because I had to go out uh, into a truck for Fox and and talk about Donald Trump and the indictment. Right. Oh my God. Such a shock. Oh, right, right in the middle of the concert, you had to go outside and was that for Jesse Waters or who was that for? No, that was for Laura. Oh, Ingram. Oh, Laura Ingram. Right after Sean. Right. Um, well, Well, let's get to that then. Actually, before I get to Trump, no, let's start there. All right. I did not think Trump would be indicted yesterday. I thought, in fact, being that they, you know, he didn't get arrested last Tuesday like he thought he was. And then, of course, you had Bob Costello's great testimony yeah. and Michael Cohen getting savage. Joe Tacopina doing a great job. Then I heard yesterday they may they may take a month off. I really thought this was going to go away. So I was shocked when I heard this yesterday afternoon. I imagine you were, too. Yes. Look, you know, we thought that that the um, grand jury was, you know, having having seen that Michael Cohen's testimony was so um, just tortuous and um, and completely 
contradicting himself, um, that it would all go away. I mean, that's their star witness. But no, it hasn't. And we were also told uh, by multiple media organisations, uh, I don't know where they got the leak from, the DA's office maybe spreading disinformation. They said that the grand jury was going to break up for a month and go on go and leave. Right. And so that was a sign as well. So anyway, I mean, you would have thought that Alvin Bragg, considering there's so much other problems in this city, would uh, have seen sense and decided not to bring a political prosecution. But no, that's what he's done. I guess mm. that's he wants re-election. <laughs> I guess so. He promised this from almost day one. I played a cut of him on some stupid morning show on Hot 97 where he talked to two hosts about doing this somewhere down the road. Now he's done it. But i got to tell you, you know, Miranda, you've done an incredible job, an incredible job the last couple of years of investigating Hunter Biden. You've opened America's eyes to this story. I know Tucker Carlson's taken it to television, but you really started this. You did all this work. And I got people going to me, wait a second, wait a second. Donald Trump has been indicted. He's got three more uh, other issues out there in Georgia, Mar-a-Lago, and January 6th. And here Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, the brother Jimmy and all that Haley are are clearly involved in criminal activity, taking hundreds and and maybe millions of dollars, and there are no indictments, nothing going on. They're frustrated. Do you think the indictment of Trump will really, really inspire the Republican Party to go hard after the Bidens, the real criminals? Look, I actually think that the opposite impact um, will happen, and I think that's really deliberate from the Democrats, and it is that uh, any uh, indictment or legal actions um, or revelations, investigations into the Biden family influence peddling scheme will now be seen in the light of tit for tat. Uh, people will dismiss mm. it on the left and say, oh, they're right. just doing this because of Trump. You know, Joe Biden's completely honest and he's just a victim of, uh, you know, politicization. Um, and already we've seen um, the Trump case overshadow some really bombshell revelations from the House Oversight Committee uh, showing they're looking at the money trail, especially from China to Biden family coffers. And they found they just traced just one of them, this $1 million payment from a Chinese energy company through a Biden family proxy into four different Biden family bank accounts, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, his uncle, uh, Hallie Biden, his lover, sister-in-law, and another unnamed Biden. (laughs) Uh, They all got a split of this money, and it was all paid over three months in small tranches to hide it. Why else would you do that? So this is very damaging uh, to them, and there's way more uh, to come from the Oversight Committee. But the day that that came out, within 24 hours, came a leak from who knows where, but presumably from Democrats, about that Trump was going to get arrested and fingerprinted and perp-walked. And, of course, the, the media went wild. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are you, are you intimating here, Miranda, that because of that latest Biden revelation, which no longer is just Hunter and Uncle and maybe Daddy, now maybe six or seven Bidens, are you intimating that they ran to make this happen because they were nervous about the latest Biden revelations? Well, I'm not saying that they changed the timing of what was happening at the grand jury, which I think it's just, you know, the machinery just goes on. But I think that the leak was made. You know, Democrats behind the scenes knew that they had this up their sleeves and that, you know, you look around in the cupboard and you say, what have I got that 
will distract the news media from this terrible information about Joe Biden. Ah, Trump. Anything about Trump Mm. is going to just consume the news. And it's like crack cocaine to CNN and MSNBC. I mean, they're on life support right now. No one's watching. But as soon as they get a shot of Trump, their numbers will go way up. Wow. That is scary only because... It's probably true. I just, I just, I just, I mean, really, you, you laugh too, Miranda. It's just, it's hard to believe we live in this society today. And like I tweeted, not tweeted, I put on Instagram and Facebook this morning. I don't care if you like Trump. I, I don't. We, we live in a democracy. I mean, less and less of a democracy since Democrats have taken over. But you're allowed to hate Trump. It's okay, you know. But if you are so hateful that you can't see this for what this is, which is a politically motivated, a biased uh, indictment by a guy that is hell-bent on destroying one person and not saving this city, then you're a sad American. You know, there are folks celebrating today. What are you celebrating? What was good about this, Miranda? Well, look, I think what has happened is that Donald Trump has become a vote motivator for the Democrats. And, you know, the fact that we had, I mean, apart from all the rigging and cheating and whatever, 80-something million Americans voted for Joe Biden, who was basically, you know, a stick insect in his... Not to stop you, but uh, nobody voted for Joe Biden. 80 million Americans voted against Donald Trump. That's exactly my point. That's exactly right. So nobody would have come out and been enthusiastic about Joe Biden, but they were enthusiastic about getting rid of Donald Trump. And that is because of the just, you know, six-year demonization of the man. No person is that bad, but they have made him into a combination of Adolf Hitler and Dracula and Frankenstein and (laughs) every monster on the planet. Um, And he's actually a nice guy. He is. is. I mean, he's a nice guy. Look, he can be, uh, I don't want to curse, uh, you know, a lady, if we were a man, I would have cursed just now, but he can be that guy. I've known him for a long time myself. I mean, I'm in sports. I used to go to fights in Vegas, and Mike Tyson was fighting and and, uh, kibitz with Donald Trump uh, there. So he can be that guy, there's no doubt, but he's not uh, the villain, like you said, the Democrats have made him out to be, but the Bidens are. So uh, simply now, you're right. I think, what a a smart uh, lady you are, that you're right. If, they, if, we, if, if something happens to the Bidens now, they're going to call it tit for tat, and now that's because of Trump. Um, so do you think then that uh, an indictment or some type of repercussion now is pretty much dead? Do you think there's still that real possibility? For Hunter Biden, I, I honestly don't know. It is really perplexing because the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. Um, you know, you would think that he would be able to have enough information by now. The FBI has had the laptop since 2019, um, but I'm not sure that the Delaware investigation wants to find out that much because they haven't called who should have been a star witness, Tony Bobolinsky. Uh, he knows all about the China deals. That's Hunter Biden's former business partner, and he hasn't been anywhere near that grand jury. So I think we're waiting on the Republicans, um, you know, in the Oversight Committee to actually investigate uh, the money that went to the Bidens and really how disturbing it is. Even just the small amount that they've confirmed now 
tells you that it was just two months after Joe Biden left office as vice president that these millions started flowing from this one energy company, CEFC, and uh, and that they were so um, careful to try and disguise them by funneling it through, you know, a, a family intimate by uh, sending the money in these small dribs and drabs over time. Um, this was a pattern and also spreading it out among different family members. Uh, and so, you know, this is China. Um, and now, you know, this is our greatest adversary. And now Joe Biden's the president. And the question has to be asked, is he compromised? Yeah. And you, you then look at all the policies towards China that he's softened since Trump left, and you just have to look at it through mm. the prism of corruption. Uh, and that's not good for anyone. Agreed, and he is compromised. And we'll spend the last 60 seconds talking about this. With all that said, I think he's a very strong candidate. I don't know how I'm saying that. We've got inflation. The world is on fire. There are issues everywhere in our country, outside of our country. But i got to tell you, Miranda, Pete Buttigieg, no. Kamala Harris, no. Gavin Newsom, no. So I really believe right now that he's all they've got. This guy involved in all this corruption and all the horrible things going on in and outside of our country seems to be the raging odds-on favorite, unless Michelle Obama decides to jump in, raging odds-on favorite to do it again. How the hell is that possible? Yeah, I know. I mean, the guy's 80, and he's certainly not a young 80. And he's he's a congenital liar, and he's really corroding uh, the – this country and how people feel towards each other. He's, um, you know, he pretended that he was running as the unity president. He's done nothing but divide the country even worse. And that's that's how he runs. He sees the world uh, and always has as, you know, his enemies, people who uh, he likes and who are good to him. And, um, and, and that's it. And the people that he regards as enemies, he will just do whatever whatever they like. He will be the opposite of whether it's right or wrong because he really has no moral compass. And so for him to be president again is disastrous. But, of course, that's why they want Donald Trump, because demonizing Donald Trump and his supporters has worked for them. It worked for them in 2020, and it worked for them at the midterms. And we laugh at, at Joe Biden's, you know, ultra-maga, semi-fascist, um, ridiculous rhetoric, but on the other side of the fence, um, been propagandized by the New York Times and MSNBC and CBS yeah. about uh, January 6 and the insurrection and all these lies and defamation of good patriotic Americans as deplorables. Um, that's what they believe, and mm. they're frightened of half the country. Well, you're right in terms of the success they had in 20 and 22, but almost every guest, in fact, not almost, every guest I brought on today, and some big people, Miranda, like you, Janine Pirro, Joseph Tacopino, Larry Trump, Alan Dershowitz, all these folks on this show this morning all seem to believe, unlike 20 and 22, this is going to backfire and Trump is going to win again in 24. You believe that? Look, I think that this will certainly help him to win the nomination because uh, whether whether people are off Trump or still on the bandwagon, nobody can support and defend the Democrats for this and reward them for this politicised election interference, it basically is, using the legal system as a weapon. Um, but I don't think 
it will help him in the general election. I think that this will just assist the Democrats to paint him as dangerous and chaotic. And, you know, they've got they've got three other cases up their sleeves to prosecute him that are less flimsy than this one, less ridiculous than this one. Um, and so I think that they'll just dirty him up. And I look at it, it's tragic. It really is tragic. But what's not tragic is the church... Under the Milky Way. This is my Casey Kasem long distance dedication to you, Miranda. You like it? Sometimes <laughs> in this place gets kind of I missed it last night. I know you missed no, it last night, so I gave it to you this morning. Uh, listen, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're great. You know I love you. Thank you for another great appearance on this program and keep it coming, Miranda. You're the best in the business. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, there she is. Church under the Milky Way, Miranda Devine. I need a contestant. For today's Sitch Take Contest, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The funniest thing about this band is they make fun of themselves, the singer especially, because I've seen them twice. And they did this whole album on one tour, and he says it's the second cut on the album. And he goes, now the great thing about that song is, if that's all you came to see, you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. The second song they performed. Oh, that's funny. Oh, it was probably, so they, they did Under the Milky Way. They did Metropolis. Right. Night and Go Home. Right. They just <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Then they did an 80s song that was a big hit. And he goes, now I'm going to do a song I absolutely effing hate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's great. Uh, I want to see them one of these days. Well, next time they're back in town, they're at the Gramercy Theater last Definitely. night. We'll do it next time, me and you, Lewis. Boy, now it's time for Sid's Take. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Oh, man. We made it. I can't believe it. All the way to Friday. Not yet. Not yet. You're right, Lewis. You're right. Way to, way to keep it in perspective there. Come on, big guy. <laughs> oh, slow your roll now. Well, uh, that's just like baseball season. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we true. never know. There's only two outs. Uh, it is high. It is a judge. Here Three, comes two to the Alec. judge. Alec's very weak on the curveball. Yeah. We do know that. Yep, we do know that. But he can hit the fastball. Ain't yeah. Well, here's my best fastball for you, Lewis. Uh, today is the Friday edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid Stake Trivia Game. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to uh-huh. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. Morgan loves the curveball. <laughs> Find a dealer near you because they're the world's best spoilers in the whole entire world. Piero is out in Vernon, New Jersey. He's going to be our contestant today. What's up, Piero? How are you this morning? Uh, I have a beef with Sid. Uh, when I used to call for Bernie, there was a $100 gift card mm. that was at stake. And mm. Sid is showing how cheap he is. Mm. He, he doesn't offer anything beaten him. Well, listen, that's a um, that's a pretty uh, damning claim you're making <laughs> there, Piero, okay? He's going to be glad you blamed him, too. That, it riles him up. Well, you can, take, you can take it up with P. Morgan, okay? Because it, it, it's, it, it, listen, it, we have no control over the prizes here. <laughs> now you made Pete's day, too. Uh, yeah, now, now, now Pete's going to be getting calls <laughs> about the lack of prizes here. No, we're, we're Tell him I'll take a, a furnace clean, a clean up, you know. Clean a the furnace. furnace clean up. He doesn't even want a new boiler, Pete. He just wants it to be cleaned up. Yeah, just come over there with a chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Piero, uh, we we got to dive in here. We're running, we're running tight on time as much as we'd love to keep on chatting. So you ready to go? 
Yes. All right, here we go. It's going to be Felon Friday. I'm going to just give you some trivia questions on um, some famous criminal cases here uh, in the States, okay? You got it. All right, number one. In 2008, Plaxico Burris shot someone in the leg with an unlicensed gun at a New York City nightclub. Who took the bullet fired from Burris's Glock? He shot himself. There you go. One for one. On to number two. In what year did the Watergate break-in take place? Was it A, June 17th, 1972, or was it B, August 5th, 1973? Mm. I know. I'm going to say 73, August. Nope. Nope. Correct answer there would be A, June of 1972. One for two, Piero. On to number three. For what felony did Mike Tyson serve three years in prison from 1992 to 1995? Uh, rape. There you go. Two for three. On to number four. In 1990, Pete Rose pled guilty to charges of federal tax evasion as well as failure to report income. He was sentenced to five years in the Marion, uh, Illinois Slammer, but was released after one year. In his 24-year career, he played 80% of his games with the Reds. The balance was spent with two other National League teams. The Philadelphia Phillies were one. Who was the other? Mm, I knew the Phillies. Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say the Astros. Nope. The Montreal Expos, who are now the Washington Nationals. On to number five. You're two for four here, uh, Piero. On to number five. And in an attempt to go three for five. Bernie Madoff pulled off one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in United States history. The scheme had been going on for decades before somebody smelled a rat. Who was it that tipped off the feds about Bernie? Mm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that now, Pierre. Don't, don't laugh like that. <laughs> was it Wilpon? No. It was actually his sons, Mark and oh. Andrew. Made off. All right. How about that, Pierre? I'm not, not a bad. Gift card. Yeah. Well, the, the the gift card will be uh, coming in the mail. I don't know in a couple of years. Does that sound okay with you? We'll give it. We'll give it a couple. I think, of... I think Sid's. I think Sid's got me. Yeah. Well, listen. We don't. We, you never know. Two for five is a good score, Pierre. You got any big plans for the weekend there? No. Uh, just getting ready for uh, Palm Sunday and Easter. Mm, very cool. Are you going to watch the Final Four tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. All right. Cool, man. All right, hang out on hold. The big guy's back in here now. Yeah, he yeah, just stuck a finger in my mouth. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Another nice note from uh, Patty. <laughs> He's such a lovely lady, man. I love this lady. I really mm-hmm. love her. Yeah. And her husband, Harry, who made this awesome T-shirt I'm wearing this morning, mm. which it really is an awesome T-shirt. So, Patty, we love you. Thank you. Mm. Very cool. What do you get, this guy? Uh, He went two for five. Let's do it quick. We're running out of time here. All right, fine. You know you need to be escorted out of here by security today? Yeah, I know. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know that? <laughs> Stephanie told no, me. It's, it's <laughs> she just comes up to me. She's like, listen, I, I, you got to come to the office yeah. first. I'm like, oh, God, now what? She's like, well, we've received a letter and there's a threat. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, I, so I, I said he's going to love that. Oh, I, listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you've made it. When somebody out there really wants to kill you, yeah. where security is going to escort me out of the building today. You know what I said? I said, don't. <laughs> I said, I hope this mother effer shows up and he's downstairs right now, and I will kick his ass mm-hmm. up and down Third Avenue. And I mean that sincerely. Well, now you got that global security screening right. as well. Good. That's true, too, yeah. Well, you're going to have some exciting Friday ahead of you. That's good.
<sighs> what if he's in an armed vehicle? You know, it's not easy, guys. You think it's all the glamour. It's all the glamour it looks oh, no. like. <laughs> right, right. got to be escorted out of work this morning. I mean, jeez. Mm. Come on now. For a, for I mean, Donald Friday, Trump got, he got indicted, but he, he hasn't been, his life hasn't been threatened today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Could be somebody like Chernoff and staff. <laughs> I, <don't> know. <laughs> I, I needed a job. Look at you. Yeah. Should we do the game now? <laughs> I'm ready to play. Okay. Let's go. Felon Friday, number one. In 2008, Plaxico Burris, he shot someone in the leg with an unlicensed gun at a New York City nightclub. Shot himself. There you go. Shot someone. Oh, one shot himself well, in the leg uh, and giant fans in the heart. That was a fun little play on the question there. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right, one for one. On to number two. In what year did the Watergate break-in take place? Was it June of 1972 or was it August of 1973? It was, uh, I should know this, August of 73. Mm-mm. Yeah, I knew it wasn't. That's all right. No, Nobody really knows that. No, well. Yeah. It was June of 1972. Yeah, Bernie would have gotten that. But. Probably. <laughs> On to number three. Yeah. One for two. For what felony did Mike Tyson serve three years in prison from 92? Rape. There you go. Which never happened. He never raped Desiree Washington. He was set up by Don King. Don King had his limo driver, Rudy Gonzalez, taken off the flight moments before the plane took off to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Made sure Mike was there by himself. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's in a hotel room at 3 o'clock in the morning, which she invited him up, by the way. She invited him. Mm-hmm. And then they said rape, and Don King stole, like, $100 million from Mike. Oh, it never happened. Right, that's the full okay. story there. Right. On the number, you thank you very much. Thank on you, nice. not no. the number four here. In 1990, Pete Rose, he pled guilty to charges of federal tax Gambling. evasion. No, no. Why don't you let me finish the question? I'm sorry. I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> tax evasion. My life is in jeopardy. No, he, he was sentenced to five years in Somebody, the uh, Marion, <laughs> Illinois slammer. Somebody's waiting for yeah. <laughs> In his 24-year career, he played mostly with the Reds uh, and then also the Philadelphia Phillies. But what was the other team he played for? Montreal Expo. There you go. I thought he played for the gambling. All right. Two no. for three. No, three for four. Three for four. On to number five. Something. Bernie Madoff pulled off one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in U.S. history. Who ratted Bernie out to the feds? Oh. Who ratted Bernie Madoff out to the front? Uh, Fred Wilpon. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. No. Funny. His sons, Mark and Andrew Madoff. You know, they're both dead. Both the kids? Yes. Wow. One died of cancer. One killed himself. Yeah, sure they did. He hung himself. Sure. They're both dead. Okay. No. All right. Well, that was Somebody uplifting. <laughs> and maybe I'll be dead today. Who knows? Great. I have security here. Uh, yeah. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The great Lisa Orban stopping by to say hello. I love her. I'm done, folks. Uh, Lewis, you were great today. Justin Ellick, great job. Noam Layden. All of our guests. I mean, come on, folks. You can listen to all radio all day, watch TV all day. You're not going to find a better show than this. And if you think that's arrogant, F you. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I really couldn't. Larry <laughs> Trump, Joe Tacopina, Alan Dershowitz, Miranda Devine, Judge Janine. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It was fun. Hey, Trump, we got your back, baby. We're going to win this. We're going to win this, baby. We're going to kick Michael Cohen's ass, and you're going to be president again. I promise you that. To all my Democrat family and friends, you're stupid. You're just stupid. Some of you I love. Some of you I have to love. I'm obligated. But you're stupid. <laughs> Noam's laughing. Have yourselves a good weekend, folks. So Monday can't it's... believe you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so Monday at 6. Hopefully I'm here if I don't get murdered on the way out. Peace.
America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.